The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Back to the Brandon Peters Show as we continue doing some fun horror stuff here for the month of October. And today's show features a discussion of the I Know What You Did Last Summer film trilogy. Uh, joining me from this for this discussion, for an author, he's been on the show before. I'd like to say, welcome aboard, Greg. Greg Magoon. Hello. Hello. And then sit, sitting here waiting, sitting here waiting to be introduced to say, what are you waiting for, huh? What are you, what are you waiting, waiting for, huh? It's, of course, Jessica Allsman oh, from so the Bob memorable. and Tom Show and our voice here of the show. Hello, the two of you. Hey. Hello. Let's get last summering here. <laughs> as Yes, as we know it, we all did. 1997's <laughs> I Know What You Did Last Summer uh, will be discussed. Uh, 1988's I Still Know What You Did Last Summer in the straight-to-DVD I'll always know what you did last summer from 2006. Have had you two seen all of these before this recording? Yes. Okay. Um, I, I discovered I didn't know that there was a third one, nor was this considered a trilogy. Um, and I still don't consider it a trilogy just because it has summer in the titles. But I discovered it during COVID, the third one. The, the first two I did see in theaters. Okay. And Jessica, what was your? I saw the first two. I remember the first one was in theaters and then, which I was really young, but we had a parent that took us and it was cool. Mm -hmm. So thankful. And the second one, my mom and I got on pay-per-view. Oh, okay. Watching. So she always loved the scary movies. So we watched them together and yeah, it was great. The third one, I had no idea anything about it. I was trying to guess the title without looking and I'm like, what is it? I will always know what I still know from that last (laughs) summer. I had no idea what it was about um, until you sent me the info and I looked it up. I'm like, 2006? I'm like, was there news about it? Um, No. Like, nothing. And then when I was looking, I found a series on Amazon Prime for I Know You Did Last Oh, I did watch that. Oh, yes, yes. I'm going to touch on that at the end. end. Okay, great. I was hoping you guys could fill me in because I'm like, do I need to watch this? Is it worth my time? I was going to bring up the show at the end. Uh, Yes. Um, But I didn't want to make anybody and it's very its own um, too. So I saw saw the movie back. I was super horror fan. Scream revived my like just kicked off a whole nother. I'm a slasher guy. So the slashers were back. This was the first one to follow Scream. Um, it was something rushed. It was written before Scream rushed into production, uh, yep. but I was there uh, opening night Friday. I was there the following Sunday. Uh, that Well, the same Sunday that weekend. I had a lot of times where I would go, like especially with horror movies, I'd go with my horror crew. We'd go on Friday night, and then for some reason Sunday night, I had friends that would like go, and I'd be like, I'd just tag along to go see movies again. I don't know. I saw a lot of Sunday night movies back in the day. I don't. I don't know what. But this one I saw twice. And 
later on in this discussion, we'll get to my third viewing of it in the theater. So I saw this one three times. Uh, the third one, a very notable moment in my life. Um, I let I teased my viewer, my listeners about it before ending last week, and I promise I'll get to that story uh, as we discuss. I don't want to jump off a movie discussion with a Brandon discussion. No, right. I'm not do that. So the boy and girl are making out, right? When they hear over the radio that this lunatic killer's escaped from an insane asylum. That's not the way it goes. The boy goes for help, and the girl stays in the car, and she hears this. Like a scratching sound. No, he's been decapitated. No, he was gutted with a hook. Oh my gosh. I think he's dead. We can't just leave him here. Oh, tell me, little Miss Prelaw, what's the charge for manslaughter? We make a pact. Right here and now we take the sorry grave. For the last year, four friends have kept a secret. Are you on drugs? No. Well, then what is wrong? I've had a rough year. But not all secrets stay buried. Somebody sent this to me. Oh, my God. Someone knows. I know what you did last summer. Ooh. What they thought would be a new beginning. Toast to us. Is becoming a dead end. Somebody tried to kill you last night. We have to go to the police. If you want to be dead, he could have done it. And the mistake they made. It was an accident. There was no accident. It was murder. What if he's still alive? Hey! What are you doing here? Is coming back to haunt them. Oh, my God. He's after me, too. I got a letter. I got run over. Helen gets her hair chopped off. Ah! Julie gets a body in a trunk and you get a letter? That's balanced. She's waiting for us to unravel. The wait is over. What are you waiting for, huh? What are you waiting for? Last summer. So this movie is directed by Jim Gillespie, written by Kevin Williamson from the novel by Lois Duncan, starring Jennifer Love Hewitt, my like high school crush of celebrity that yeah. Um Sarah Michelle Geller, another one up there, Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> uh Ryan Phillippe, Bridget Wilson. Now Bridget Wilson, yes. Sampras, uh, Johnny Galecki, Anheish, and Muse Watson, about four young friends bound by a tragic incident, are reunited when they find themselves being stalked by a hook-wielding maniac in their small seaside town. So if Halloween brought Michael Myers back of like that type, that it was the Halloween of this era, I called this one the Friday the 13th. We had our Jason, the big, bigger, hulking guy he had a hook not a machete i i threw that that was my that was my teenage brand and like this is the new jason guy that's what i said coming out opening weekend but the uh, fisherman the uh, fisherman that doesn't hold up like jason did that they all (laughs) talked all them killers in the 90s chucky fit right in when he came back with bride of chucky uh the next year Oh, so, now you say that though. I never see like T-shirts with the uh, the fisherman on it. You know, it's always oh. Ghostface and because, all the other guys. No. You don't see the Parka Killer either. Um, <laughs> for, <It's a> shame. <laughs> or the the fencing mask. <laughs> we don't we don't get those. Uh, 
no Valentine's. Oh, uh, they I was about to say Valentine's Day. Yeah, they didn't. They um, well, the Fisherman outfit is kind of, I mean, a little generic. I mean, you could go with a lot of different movies for what that would represent. But also, let me tell you a story. It's called, like, I mean, jumping a little bit ahead, but people in the summer are not going to be strolling through the streets in 90 degree weather on the 4th of July in fishermen's coats and hats. Right. <laughs> even if they're in a fishing oh. town. Even if they're in the fishing even town. Even in a fishing town. So right there, this movie is interesting. The setting of it, I think, like, the the I don't know. I don't even know where to begin on that one. But nobody's strolling around town in a fisherman coat and hat full done up on the 4th of July. No fisherman that I know, and I've actually met some fishermen, would, like voluntarily choose to wear that as daily garb beyond their boat. Right. There's no rain coming. So what's the point? If the only fish they're bringing in in town is red herrings, I believe it. Uh, Oh. That's oof. (laughs) Go away, Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Everybody's got a slicker in there. Ray, you have a slicker. Yeah. Yeah. He was Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, my goodness. So I loved everything Freddie did in the 90s. Right, this guy. movie, he <laughs> wasn't like the sex icon though, because it's like Ryan Phillippe and his beautiful friends. He was a sex icon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just watching this again, I was like, oh, yeah. Ryan Phillippe, that temper. Oh, but I yeah, loved yeah. it. And you oh. know what? That's good acting compared to the bad guy in the third one that we can talk about when he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> like, at least when Ryan's flipping out, he's kind of funny, angry. Oh, yeah. So you kind of, it's charming. And then I he's don't believable. think he's overacting either. It just. Right. Yeah, no, he's he's good. Um, he's an interesting like cog in here with the three of them. Um, yeah, and I, I always thought it was funny when um, Hayden Christensen got cast as Anakin Skywalker. I'm like, so is this like eh, I don't want to pay Ryan Phillippe, but I'll get someone who looks just like him type thing? Because I thought Hayden Christensen 2002 was like, is he going for a Ryan Phillippe type for Anakin? I don't know. You guys don't agree. But I like Hayden Christensen, but I think Ryan Phillippe as Anakin would have been a nice casting choice. Huh. Gotcha. Interesting. But they don't want to pay Ryan, so they got, you know, Plan B, yep. Hayden. Plan B, Hayden. Well, I, yeah. Um, I know they brought Jonathan Brandis. I mean, Knightley was in those movies as uh, Natalie Portman's other. So exactly. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. And Rose Byrne. That, that was Ro- Plan B. Yeah. Kieran Knightley was Plan B, Natalie Portman. So yeah. Rose Byrne at the beginning of Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Was, so you know what? They it. so there's nothing wrong being in a Plan B. It just took you longer to, you know. Blossom. As we talk about Plan B, scream. I know you did last summer. Right? <laughs> that is uh, true. Uh, but yeah, like uh, Melissa Joan Hart was the the one they wanted for Julie James, and she said no. Oh wow. She didn't want to be in Plan B, scream. That was it. Uh, so we went again to Party of Five for a final girl with Jennifer Love Hewitt, and I don't think Lacey Chabert ever got a slasher though. No, just Mean no. Girls, which ended up doing very well. But. Mean Girls, yeah, and then playing Jennifer Love Hewitt in uh, not another teen movie, or basically Jennifer oh, the, Love right, Hewitt. yeah, yeah. So, what uh, network was Party of Five on? Was that Fox? Fox, because okay. I had this horrible joke when I would go places during that time, and if we had five people at a table for when we were going to uh, a restaurant and we had to wait and they put a name in. I put the name Fox in and the person would come out and go, Fox, party of five. Fox, party of five. (laughs) I thought I was funny. That's funny. And people would groan. Um, But yeah, so that that was a choice uh, that didn't happen here. 
Uh, Jamie Blanks, the director of Urban Legend and Valentine, uh, made an audition reel for this movie, uh, but it was after the job had been. Uh, you can find on the Urban Legend Blu-ray that Scream Factory put out. You can put out he, they put his reel for I Know What You Did Last Summer, his audition reel. Um, they put together. Oh, really? but, yeah, the director was already hired when they, the studio got his reel. Uh, and then Gillis, Gillespie, the director, he only did ICU, um, like I see you um, not not the letters it's a stallone yeah. movie that later got called detox um it's like really his only other credits but yeah it's another hot uh i think the thing with like scream they thought oh people know these actors from stuff and they're in a slasher so we should get more people people know uh hot teen actors which in the 80s they had those but they were taking like people who were like guest stars on like family ties or something and putting them in slashers rather than taking the a players from those and putting them in in movies so you get here you get party of five you get uh sarah michelle geller buffy was the same year as this um and uh i don't i can't recall what freddie and and ryan Phillippe were doing at the time but i mean it was wing commander after it was after then I can't think of it. Yeah. Because yeah. I love I the whole Matthew Ryan was doing soap opera or something. Like hmm. he had like, it was just like the hot guy. Brian Phillip, he had like appearances as like the hot guy and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Freddie Prince Jr. was just kind of a up and comer. Yeah. This might have been his like first breakout one. Yeah. I think it was a breakout. Yeah. His dad was a famous like singer, right? Or something. Comedian? Was he a comedian? Maybe a comedian? Um, oh my gosh. I, was- I can't remember. Maybe just an actor. Maybe it was yeah. and he was in Or maybe it was an actor, yeah. Comedy once, so. <laughs> um, before, before we do more in the movie, did anybody read the book before? I never had. No. Okay. I didn't either. Didn't know about it. He okay. is a comedian. All right. Oh, okay. Comedian. There you go. Oh, look how charming he is. Oh. His father? Yeah. Oh. Got a sweet mustache, great hair. Hmm. That's fun. I like that for him. Yeah, true. I just like, I just think it's funny that like Freddie Prince Jr. is still married to Sarah Michelle Geller. Love mm-hmm. that for them. And then Ryan Phillip, he was with Reese Witherspoon. And then like Sarah Michelle and Reese Witherspoon did Cruel Intentions together. It was a very incestuous time back then with like movies and overlapping stars and love. And yeah, like it's sustainable love that like happened between everybody. So yeah. And the, uh, what is it? The uh, studios didn't have to stage it like they did back in the 30s and the 40s. Like, Faking it out just to get publicity, right? That's true, right? Yeah, Fred, Freddie, and Sarah was genuine, and they're they're Aww. from what I know, they're very good people. Uh, my friend, one of my friends when I was in Los Angeles, she was from Japan, and they had like the, some they did stuff for them all the time. Like they were, she went over to their house all the time and stuff, and they did they went to ball games and things, and like this this group of Japanese people that came in. I don't know what it was, but then I guess um, Selma Blair is currently on Dancing with the Stars and Sarah Michelle Gellar's in the audience watching her all the time because they're like legit Aww. friends. So that's, I don't watch it, but I was, I was told that. So it is nice to actually hear. Yeah. People are genuine. They actually like each other off screen. They stay friends for mm-hmm. ever. Nice BFFs. Yes. Yes. Um, so uh, with the, the movie, did you, uh, the, uh, let's look at the, the mystery of this movie. When you first saw it, you probably saw Scream first. So, yeah. And I showed this to my son for the first time when I was watching it for this. And I told him, like, if you like Scream, you'd probably like this from the same guy who wrote Scream, which 
They legally can't say from the creator of Scream on this anymore because there was a lawsuit because the early trailer said from the uh, the creator of Scream and then Weinstein's won a lawsuit to wipe that from the posters and the trailers. Wait, why? Wait, why? I don't know. It's it it was and Kevin Williamson supported it for some reason. I don't know. Um they said that Wes Craven created Scream. That's what they that's how they won the lawsuit. Ah. Or something. It was it was weird. From a person involved with Scream. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that is I mean but then like but like you did say earlier and um he wrote it before Scream couldn't sell it and then wrote Scream and then they were like, You have something else? We'll do it now because right. Scream was so successful. He was ever, So technically ever, yeah. Scream is from the creator of I Know What You Did Last Summer. Ooh, That's yeah. true. Oh yeah, you they, they could have put it that way, yeah. Yeah, he'd be so confused, like, huh? <laughs> but it'd be legally correct. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah. this so I'm uh, well watching with my son and he was like he was thinking, you know, like when I did, it was one of the teen characters did it somehow, some way. And I think I was like down to it, like, oh, this is gonna be lame. It's just gonna be the Ray guy who we probably thought it, we thought it was the whole way, and it's not. It's just a legit. There's a bit of a convoluted <laughs> thing. So like, there's this this guy. His daughter dated a guy he didn't like. His daughter died in a car wreck. He didn't like that guy, so he went to murder that guy who was going to commit suicide anyway. And they hit him after he was leaving from murdering the guy. And that's the guy who's come back to know what they did last summer. Even though the body of the guy he murdered was found, they thought it was that guy. That That's how we're, that's, that's the mystery of I know. Wait till we get to um, the, if, when Greg and I touch on the TV show, if you want convoluted. Uh, I was going to say, wait a minute. I thought that the guy actually did kill himself. So Ben Willis did in fact murder yeah, that's what I got from it. They Ben that Willis guy? murdered that guy and was leaving for murdering him. They hit him with the car, oh. dropped him in the water. He left because he was still alive, but the body he killed was still down there, and that was the one that surfaced. And the reason it didn't look like any foul play, like a car hit him, is because he wasn't. Because it was, yeah. Planning to commit suicide, so, yeah. And Ben Willis could go around living his life. He's not missing. He just, so... Yeah. True. Yeah. So that's the. That's but he decided the, to wait a full year to yeah. retaliate. But uh, Greg, do you remember anybody, any suspects when you were first watching it that you were like, what is going on here? And Scream had two killers, which was like, is that going to be a thing with this guy writing it or? Well, uh, okay. So after first watching it, I, I mean, I did not anticipate it being the man that they hit with the car. Mm -hmm. I did not like go, Oh, it's totally that dude. Um, but I also, I don't know. I'm trying to think of who I like thought it would have been. I mean, I liked the idea of it maybe being like a, a friend of, but they like, they killed that max character off right away. Right. So like, we Which knew that later one I yelled and, David. Cause of Roseanne. Roseanne like, oh, yeah. No. <laughs> um, which again, I don't really understand what the fisherman's like mo really was in this because he just was like, I'm just gonna kill, especially in the second one, but we'll get there later. <laughs> um, it's just like, why kill Max right away anyway? Like, it just felt weird to just kind of have the, I mean, other than that trunk scene, which is the greatest magic trick of all movie oh, history. Yeah. 
um, which we can get to in a bit because that is in my notes of like, yeah. If they, if they put um, a five hours later card on it, it makes sense, right? Well, crap. yeah, but they didn't <laughs> have a tarp. There was no, like, right? I framed that. There was no tarp. And it's like, I put like one like bag of like something from a project in my trunk and it takes me hours to clean out and there's like residue and all that. You're telling me you put a body in there with a shit ton of crabs and you got that out within 15 minutes and got it in there within 15 minutes and there was not one sign of you water. You vacuumed it out. You, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I mean. Sorry. This- Donnie. <laughs> I've been extra on edge. She just popped in. It's dark. Sorry. Oh, it's good. Um, it, it just you're telling me like this man missed his calling if he's that like good of a like cleaner he could have been a professional cleaner and like done infomercials about his skill like i would pay <laughs> yeah. to watch that man clean a trunk like that is what i want to see his infomercial for how to clean a trunk in like 10 minutes or less with a dead body and crabs <laughs> like yeah as a kid i just accepted it though a teenager it's like oh he did it whatever he's a killer he can do crazy it's things. a movie but this Although, time as an adult yeah. i was like was it he really there or did she just imagine it <laughs> yeah. because no one can find him well maybe you're like well, well, maybe julie's that. seeing shit and she's killing everybody which technically Ryan Phillippe did say he's like, oh yeah, really? There's a body, and then the minute he goes and punches Freddie Prince Jr. and is like, she had a body in her trunk, and you're like, <laughs> five minutes ago, who are you? Well, so. that also was my f- favorite. I thought it was, it's hilarious. And Freddie Prince is great. He's like, I got a letter. <laughs> the way he delivers that is just hilarious. Either it's bad acting, or he did such a great job playing a suspicious character. Because yeah, all signs yeah. are trying to point at him with the Billy Blue. And yeah, I got a letter too, guys. I- I'm yep. also scared. Yeah. Like, um, well, or, or you know, the, the fisherman was like, well, I'm going to make them all think it's this dude. I'm going to pick, pick on him the least. Because you know what? Fisherman to fisherman code here. Um, I'm going to be really nice to this guy. You respect them at the slicker store when you're buying yeah. your gear. Right. So. Yeah. It's... Yeah, it's true. Cause like, yeah, Ryan Phillippe get hit by the car. Like, but if it's like you know, Scream, where there's two of them, like they had to set that up so it doesn't look like it could be Ryan Phillippe. You know, yeah, he's got the, he's got the thing on his arm. But yeah, that car scene when he's getting ran over, mm-hmm. I appreciate it even more now. It wasn't cheesy. Like, okay, you could have avoided that. He did a really good job sprinting and trying to zigzag. I believed mm-hmm. it enough. Where I'm like, I believed right. it. But then just left for alive to tell the tale. Like, there's so many missed opportunities by this fisherman to kill. Was people. it on purpose? Was it to torture? It, it was. I think this whole movie is all about the anticipate. Like he's like, I'm not going to kill them until the Fourth of July. Yep. So like, he's like <laughs> yep. building it up. Like he's like, they're not going to die until the anniversary of my death. Yes. Using air quote for you <laughs> listeners. So it's like, I mean, the amount of time, and he spent a year like just processing and planning this out. That, I mean, he really could have come up with something better. Like, this was not impulsive. Like He, he tries in the next movie. He goes oh, all out next time. Don't get me uh, started with that plan. But uh, <laughs> in this one, he's just so, like, there's nothing meticulous about it. But it just, like, did, I mean, I want to, I kind of wonder if he just woke up one day being like, oh, it's almost the 4th of July. Let me fuck with those kids today. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, I don't know what it was that he was doing, but he was taunting them, which I appreciate because that is the buildup. Like, he had to, like, suffer for a little while after being thrown into the um, into the ocean. But Yeah. Or maybe I, he I has just recovered from his wounds. And he's like, all right, 
Wow, it's almost Fourth of July again. Whew. And then he's at a store, and Julie's mom's there. He's like, "My daughter Julie is coming home from college this summer," and he's like, Ooh, "Oh, that's yeah. true." And then like he knew Helen was back as a failed actress, and he knew like Fred, yeah, and the rich guy. So maybe he was like, "Now's my chance. They're all here. How convenient." You know, um, you know what? We need my next summer, which is I know what you did last summer from his perspective. Like, I was literally about to go. say that. I was like, I want to see that movie of him like waking up being like those kids. Like, I wonder if he like saw one of them again after his like healing, being like, it's their turn to suffer. And then he like goes <laughs> home and like creates his plan, has like their pictures up. Like, is he like pulling like a pretty little liars A thing going on, but like just poorly, or like what's happening with him behind the scenes? I want to yeah. know because you know he did that shit for um number two. But mm-hmm. where were the where was his son in number one? I don't know. Grin- in maybe the Bahamas he- or yeah, I don't know. Yeah, where where is that's what he I want to know. Yeah, but he has a, he has a kid. How did he sink in the water if he wasn't dead? How was he pulling a Jason down there? Yeah, he, like, he, Ryan's like punching him to get that crown, but he's just like he's like not even he's like floating halfway. Like you either so go like, up you or you're up, going right? down. Like he's like yeah. I'm just gonna hold my breath and pout until they leave <laughs> and sit down here. I and mean, play I kind of chalked that up to um, seaweed. It looked like yeah. he was kind of like tangled a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I'm more forgiving of that than of his. I mean, the most iconic. There's two icon. There's a lot of iconic moments in this movie. Mm-hmm. But Sarah Michelle Gellar being like, "My crowd!" Oh yeah. <laughs> like who cares? Best well, moment. if they find it on the body, there's that's a problem. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's, that's true. a problem. I, I well, then get she that. Goes, he attacked her and she pushed him in. That's how she. You just help there's a man why didn't you report me. getting attacked you know they weren't going to the police that was the yeah that was the well, whole thing that was so. a, but, but, but i mean that was logical thinking her reality oh in yeah that moment was <laughs> my actual crown is missing. <laughs> like most people would be like evidence she was just like wanting her crown yeah i've got to come back uh, next year everybody knows this it's like you know, yeah i think like, philippi yeah. jumped in because evidence she was crying because crown like i could right. see him being like oh because he was all about the cover-up all oh, about it. that is true oh you know that explains a lot i don't know why i didn't think i was so like encaptivated by her she's 100 percent her the way she performs that is like it could have been like my shoes or and <sighs> and they're like you know or my crown and it's going on a conveyor belt or something like it's the fashion statement and the i won this not the oh yeah. crap if he has that on him yeah here i thought he was being a good boyfriend and actually tried to get it for her and then you're like the evidence i was like oh yeah it's uh, <laughs> delivered it so passionately that all i cared about was like give her her crown she deserves it yeah so now it explains why he was so angry with her after when he like shoved it at her he's like here's your crown not like i got it for you honey it was <laughs> like yeah your evidence is like here's your ev-. yeah okay well that makes him a less loving boyfriend but I mean, yeah. we find out they break up pretty quickly anyway. So yeah, everything and goes I, to yeah. shit. Yeah, which is believable. Okay, to I, be fair, there's there's a good movie even without the slasher stuff. After you could make a great teen like drama movie and never have the slasher come back to say, "I always know you do." It's just these people having to like getting in a situation where they are together again after this year and yeah. hate each other because of what yeah. happened. You know, there's a great movie still there. Like the way it's written. Uh, and the way they perform it too, like there's like fucking great moment, like when Sarah Michelle Geller and and Jeffrey Love Hewer in the car going to Anne Hesh's, and she's like, you know, we should hang out. And Jeffrey Love Hewer is like, fuck off, <laughs> no, I'm yeah, we are here to solve this, and I am out. 
because I don't want to be around. Like, there's... you've always got to be nice to the creepy person, though. I don't know yeah. why they would even be like, "No, we got to be rude." No, you be nice. Yeah, but also, why was she so aggressive returning those cigarettes? That is oh. one of the all-time movie mysteries to this day. I wonder mm. when she runs to their car and slams on the window. You forgot your cigarette. It's if one I... of the best jump scares of all time, though. And when I and I. I'll get jumped to it when she just bangs on the door. I was watching oh. it. I knew it was coming. My son jumped out of his seat. <laughs> I was like, I knew it. that it's the, something in the sound design of that that just hits really good. And Anne Hay, she kind of like blends in with the background too. Like she's in this dirt and it just blends in. So when it happens, you see her, but she clearly comes in before you even hear a boom, boom, boom. But you can't. It's oh, she's almost camouflaged. Like, yeah, it's she's sick. So Your car aggressive. was working this whole yeah. time. You lied. Yeah, but like, pee? yeah, it was. But like, if you're gonna come in that hard, like, it just was like, boom, and then. You can't forget your cigarette. It was just such a, like, what? Like, I just want to know. I want to see all the other takes and, like, to figure out, like, if they just put that in there because of the reaction or if she did, like, a calm, like, tap or, like, was it always intended to be an aggressive, Damn. like, I'm going to pound on the window because I'll never understand why. Like, who goes up to a car and just slam? Well, you know what? I think she thought they were fucking with him a bit, uh, fucking with her a bit, too. So she decided to go, okay, assholes. You know, I think I think she might have thought that, too, because she's kind of devious. And they present her in this like we just landed on the set of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre way. Uh, And I will say, though, I always I have a lot of respect for Anne Heche, the performer, as a lot comes from this movie because she's given this small two scene part, but she is fully committed and like unforgettable in this role. This is one of my favorite performances of hers. And I think it's great because anybody else, Oh, we need a big name pop in. Blah, 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 blah. And I've seen a lot of slashers where they do this, but she is fully in character. Full, like you were like, Oh, maybe I should put her on my suspect list, which I think maybe, I did. Because yeah. Of that. I'm like, well, they're introducing her for some reason. She's got a believable accent. She's got just her fate. Like she is really involved in this small role. And that that's a sign of like a like true professional. Just this, this thing, like she is just one of the best things about this movie. And she's probably in it for two minutes total. Like, but she's so um, sympathetic when like they leave and she's like, you don't want to stay for tea. I don't get many knocks on the door. I'm like, Oh my God, I want tea with you. Yeah. Well, when she talks about, when she talks about Billy blue too, and just like, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking, but she's scary. And then she's dirty. And it, 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 it's just, it's incredible. And it's from, it's not only like, you know, it's, a small role, but it's a small role in like, I know what you did last summer, but it's an elite kind of cameo. Um, that really works for me. But I've always been like, wow. And I don't like, I think it was a surprise to me when I first saw the movie. Cause I didn't remember the trailer enough to remember she was in I'm like, Oh, she's in this. Like when I first went to see it, I was like, was she in the trailer? I think she might. Yeah. They, they had stuff. I think they had the, the window smack in the trailer, but back then oh. we didn't watch trailers on the internet 80 times. And you'd see That's if true. you might've got lucky and it screened for something, you probably saw a TV spot, but like we didn't, people didn't study and hold on to what they saw in trailers a lot back then too. So, um, I might, I think, the, I think yeah. she did show up in the trailer. Um, but yeah, she, she's got a, yeah, she's an awesome part of this movie that really helps add to it. Um, but, uh, Greg, you talk about like memorable iconic scenes. Like, um, I'll jump to, 
the Sarah Michelle Gellar's death scene, the chase, everything about that is oh. one of the best in slasher movie history. It's lengthy and it almost kneecap it, it kind of kneecaps the finale because nothing in the finale is as good as her chase. No. Um, except for her actual death, which is infuriating when she's like, I'm just gonna casually just stand here 20 feet away from this parade by these tires. <laughs> like, why not just like even if you're the most extreme introvert, that would be the one time you're like, people. Like I just you run out and tackle that marching band and be like, all I would have done is I would not have stopped until I am like in bear hugs by people. Like Mm -hmm. what? Like I don't care. Like and I hate a crowd unless I'm like mentally prepared for a crowd. And if I'm being chased by a madman, all I'm thinking about is find me a crowd. Mm -hmm. And this girl goes. Oh, this tires look like a great place to rest. Like, oh. no, you're so close. It's just that is infuriating because her character. Okay, let, I don't think this is that controversial, but like rewatching and knowing it so well, she would have been a much better final girl than Julie James. I'm sorry, her mm-hmm. character is more nuanced. It has more like development. It has actual drive and ambition. What does Julie James actually provide in that movie besides? angsty girl looks out windows like there's really not much to her character in the first one the second one it it tracks in the second one her character develops more but in the first one because it had the first one that's why her her character does more because it had the first one so in the first one what she have she was there yeah she was there like she didn't do anything other than just kind of like just be angsty and like i get it but like i i don't really understand what like like you can tell that the 90s were a time when like it's very obvious rewatching this movie and other like movies from the past that like um mental health was not something that was discussed whatsoever no, no. at any point because like clearly you're like wonderful daughter is spiraled out of control after last 4th of July. And And she apparently lost her father in that time too. I think they tried to hint that her father died as well in that, that year. And, and her mom's first instinct is, are you on drugs? Which to be honest, that was the nineties. That would have been the nineties. That would have been what a parent said in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. And, but that's why like her reaction is like, no, but it's like, I'm going through a hard time. Why dear? Do you want to talk to somebody? That is not something the nineties would have offered you going like, should you talk to someone? Well, apparently not. So she's just going to wear her like sweaters in the summer and like pull her hands <laughs> in the sleeves. Like, like, I mean, ugh. it's just, she didn't get anything. There's a big Meanwhile, breeze coming off the shore at, at Dawson's beach. There's a big breeze coming through the town. Everybody dressing warmer, right? Apparently, I mean, but you yeah. Can tell it's the 90s because anytime it's the middle of the day, any girl could just lay down, and take a nap, as opposed <laughs> to just being on her phone, looking on the app because yeah. what the, even in the third movie, which we'll get to or whatever, like yeah. they were my age. It was class of 2005, yeah. high school. And so she puts her phone on vibrate and that's it. We're going to do text someone. I'm not texting. I'm going to go take a nap. It's just so funny. They just all take naps. Yeah. What's a nap like? Man? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> now we just scrolled social media um, and don't sleep. Um, yeah. uh, but like Helen, Helen's character is um like she has her ambitions she wants to be like an actress but then like she returns to her small town after like a failed career so she's already struggling with her own like value and self-worth mm-hmm. and she's latched on to her like her hair is this like 
sign of her beauty and her like value. And her sister is degrading and passive aggressive and aggressive with her. Like Helen has a real story going on. Right. I really, I sympathize. I connect with Helen. I feel bad for Helen. There's a vulnerable woman in there just trying to be pretty to make the world love her because she doesn't love herself yet because of her sister and living in the sister's shadow. Her poor parents lost both children in one night. Oh, I didn't think about that. I always think about that when movies will kill like both siblings. I'm like, that's brutal for the family. Well, half the time I'm like, where are the parents? There are never parents around. We see Julie's for a bit. That's about but then it. it's like, peace out, 4th of July. I was always around my family. But when Ryan Philby sees Helen after the year and she's just like, hey, I forget his name. He's like, yeah, you'll both look like crap. I thought Helen looked fabulous even after the year because her hair looked great. And then the headband, I loved her outfit. And I'm like, she actually looks great. Yeah. Like, um, oh. you know, like choice of words, though. Where you like, you look like a, like a car, like shit, a car ran over or something like that. He yeah. actually said, run over. And you're like, Really? Really, Barry? That's oh, what you're that's, say? Yeah. A year from yeah. you ran somebody over? Ooh. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Interesting wording there, Barry. And that is just like a sign of his And character. then he gets run over. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now who looks like they got run over, Ryan? Karma. Barry. That's what he gets. Yep. Maybe she should have gone to the hospital and been like, looks like you got run over. <laughs> oh, see, I want to see would... all these versions of the movie. Like, I want to <laughs> see. Wait, what's that movie that like... um? It's not a horror movie, but it's that movie where it has all the boxes and it's the exact same time, but from every character's perspective, all happening at the same time until they finally like meet. I want to oh. see like this movie. I know kind of like about. that. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't remember the name of it. It was like a gimmick that I, I think was well received either way. I want to see like Anne Heche's character for the year prior and what she was doing. I want to see the fisherman's thought process. I want to see Helen's like rise and like fall from New York. Like, I mean, she was giving me like later, like sharp pay from Disney channel vibes of like um, high school musical of like going off onto the New York scene and like failing. I want to see all those stories come to life, but like Julie has no story other than like, I'm just going to go into a depression, which is totally fair, but just poorly executed. But she did a good job. um, At least. I mean, because I I think this works because it's Jennifer Love Hewitt. I think it, I think the yeah. director and everything takes a lot for granted because she is such a strong presence and personality as herself that yeah. in the beginning you just you just know all about her just because of that smile, just because of her bubbliness. You yeah. you fill in all the blanks even though they give you nothing. They give you Agreed. blanks and that's part of the the thing with her and I think the idea is like, oh, this was going to be this. This was a straight A student doing great, and now she's having to take summer school and college. Looks like garbage, um, and that's her story. And there's a story of redemption for her. Is oh, we didn't kill anybody, and we only and we were the guy we were trying to kill killed somebody and was bad anyway. And that's supposed to be her redemption because she never wanted to go along with anything other. And gave into peer pressure, and that is her redemption through that. But other, I mean, that's her going through the plot of the movie rather than being a character yeah. too. I, I mean, that's the thing about well, and that that is true to say about Sarah Michelle Geller, even though her character was more developed, written mm-hmm. in somebody else's hands, that could have come across as a very shallow, kind of pathetic, empty character. Yeah. Um, 
And she brought, like, I mean, I'm trying to defend, like, defend Helen. She deserved much more. Like, she deserved her yeah. New York career. Well, watching yet, it this time, I was like, yeah, this could have been about Helen. Like, this really could have been about her. Yeah, it should have been. Like, she came back. After, like, she, like, that makes complete sense. She, like, left town, which during, like, trauma and PTSD of, like, okay, we covered up this potential murder or whatever ended up happening. But that's true. They didn't kill anybody. They threw him in the water. And then whatever happened next happened next. They killed um, a killer is what they did. And, oh. yeah. yeah. But, like, but either way, at the time, they didn't know what was happening. So, like, Helen... Mm-hmm. Like, people handle trauma in different ways. We all know that. We're not going to get into all that. But Helen is like, I'm going to distract myself. I'm going to go, and I'm going to keep going with my dreams. I'm going to go to New York. And then it didn't work out. Think about the weight of all that, having, like, seen the big city, having gone after your dreams, realized that you may not be as impactful and as grand as you thought you were in your little town, only to have to return to your town to be reminded of this dark secret you've been holding for so much time. Like, that, to me, is more interesting However, with that being said, then they missed an opportunity of like Julie losing her father and like just dealing with like one hit after another, after another, mm-hmm. after another. They kind of downplayed all that and gave Helen more of the weight to it. They wanted so. Julie to just be the, the clue finder mystery thing. And then, well, I guess well, that'll be our lead. The, the, the person that does straight detective work with no background or anything like um But yeah, no, Helen, I think the problem with the script and stuff, they want Helen, they want you to see like Helen and... And uh, Ryan Philippi, Barry, are their reasons for everything are vanity reasons why they want to yeah. cover it up. Ray's is more, well, they'll just pin this on the poor guy that lives by the docks type thing. And that's it's a classicism thing. So you can get behind Ray's, but her and him, and mm-hmm. she's like, well, I want to be this beauty queen out here and this model, all this stuff. And he's like, I'm going to be a football player in L.A. and. And that's why I'm doing this, not for any sort of other reason other than their own personal gain that they think will be taken away with it. Um, and I think that's why the script the script is trying to say, "Hey, no." But looking back on it years later, we can f- we could forgive a Helen for like that. We can under you know and see yeah. her grow and stuff. But back then, it would have been like, "Oh, look at the the vain girl," and and then you know. But then she like. The problem is they set her in a situation where you feel so sympathetic for her right when you see her at the store, at the department store, and you're like, oh, man, poor girl. And you can really see that she has struggled and learned, like, just from her dropping that stuff. And it's Sarah Michelle Gellar's massively talented and never really got used. Well, I mean, she's in plenty of high-profile things, but I feel like bigger names should have knocked on her door more often. Um, yeah. But... That's it's kind of thing, and then Bridget Wilson, they they try to set up as like oh. a killer, and it's like I don't I don't know that I ever I never really thought about her. Never, like, like no, I'm I just never. so jealous of my younger beautiful sister that I'm going. Well, to, they film uh, her peering in the background while they're having conversations, it's like loud conversations with each other. But oh, she's just judging good. though. She's like oh, she is. But yeah. I, I think they're trying her. to they're trying to throw her as a suspect yeah. in there too. I just realized Julie and Ray are the only ones that actually did research to try to find out who the person was that they thought they killed too. Right. Yep. Yep. So, yep. cause he goes and actually talks with Anne Hayes' character. Yeah. Um, where, so know, he would show up in the Anne Hayes box in Ray in Greg's movie with all the boxes. He would, yeah. Freddie yeah. Prinze and Anne Hayes would have a scene at some point and walk away. <laughs> um, Oh yeah. I would love to have seen that one when he comes up and I'm Billy blue. Um, like I would have loved to have seen that. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's, there's a lot, like it's sad, but then I guess in a way, does that make this 
in a roundabout way a good movie that we are taking the time to like to contemplate what happened behind the scenes yeah. it's not meant so to much. be that way it was meant to be a straight up if if scream was this <laughs> scream was something that subverted the genre evolved the genre changed the genre this went back and went was more straightforward uh for like what an 80s slasher would be but with some dialogue touches that would come from a kevin williamson script because i mean yeah. kevin williamson now is like I I currently don't know what I he's still working on stuff, but back when he hit, he was in a league with like Tarantino, Whedon, Kevin Smith. Like he changed the way characters were written in movies. Like he was one of that group, like Link Later, stuff like that, that really evolved the dialogue and and made people feel more like you knew him in the time uh when you watched a movie. He was kind of with that. He brought that to Scream, Dawson's Creek, um, did the like he was always the faculty, but his his stick was yeah, take X and mix make the characters like Breakfast Club characters. That was his thing. Like Scream was like Halloween with the Breakfast Club. Then there was the faculty was Invasion of the Body Snatchers with the Breakfast Club. Dawson's Creek's nine hundred two and zero, but done by the Breakfast Club. Like that's kind of what was his shtick of what he was doing. I guess this would be a Lois Duncan book starring the Breakfast Club, but. <laughs> He liked True. that. But again, we have to be forgiving slightly because he wrote it before Scream. Right, yeah. So it's not like downgraded after. He just learned how to better develop characters in his like next project. Without writing this, he doesn't come up with Scream, I would think. Because I think he's like, I've been through that process now. I can now, being a fan of and having written one professionally, know how to do this parody, this 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 meta movie because he wrote this one and i think like we're picking this apart i still enjoy this movie on a technical level it's not super bloody um like it it could have been uh, there's some ouchies like um the uh galecki's kill is a little bit probably one of the more what yeah right in the right under the chin yeah, that the yeah they do that in two as well with Mackay Pfeiffer's yep um, shocking death. I well we'll get to that anyway um <clears throat> because I have something to say about that. Uh, I mean, but this movie still gave us which you've already said, Jessica, today the what are you waiting for? Which I at least recite three times a year while standing <laughs> in the yep. street. Um, I don't know if I've ever like it is the next greatest thing to the hills are alive with the sound of music because I will twirl the streets screaming. What are you waiting for? No different. It is like that moment that you just want to throw your arms back and just scream. And Jennifer Love Hewitt gave it to us. Um, I I really want to know what like if that was a director choice or if that was her like reaction to it or just how that came to be. But it lives in my head and is a line and a moment that I like replicate still to this day all the time. I think, I mean, I just did it this weekend while I was out alone in Joshua tree. I was just standing there alone. I was like, what are you waiting for? <laughs> On the back. Like, I mean, and 
and and she gives it to us in um, the second one too. And all I want to do now, and after rewatching, is like all I do a, like a slow motion compilation of her screaming that with "I believe I can fly" playing in the oh background. My God. She just throws her arms back and screams, and she twirls, and I just want to have "I believe I can fly" behind, like at the backing track, to her just screaming that. What are you because, waiting I mean, for, huh? That, like that passion that she has of just, but it's but it's like not just the like screaming; it's the arms back and the head up. It's, oh yeah, that's what I want because in the second one she does it. The line's not as impactful as uh, "What are you waiting for?" It's the syllables, um, which then wait. I wonder if that was the inspiration behind Gwen Stefani's "What are you waiting for?" song. Well, "What you waiting for?" Hmm. But still, who knows? Either way. Um, I love that song too, but that moment to me is, I'm trying to think of um, if there's like a line that I replicate from like, or like just involuntarily act out without realizing um, in Scream or anything. I feel like this movie gave us a moment that is just so easy to just randomly shout out in a scene, like anytime the house i i say what are you waiting for but the way she does it not just what are you waiting for the way she does it oh yeah and i don't know if any other classroom movie gives us that type of moment where you just feel the impulse to just scream that yeah um i don't know we had a back in 97 or when we were like friends were starting to get licenses and stuff and we would get in the car walk up a board so and so that was one we we did to walk Um, up a board ray um because it was so weird. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to weird, weird Muse Watson lines in the next one. But um, yeah, the, what Whoa. are you waiting for? Huh? Yeah, it was GIF meme worthy before that was there. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a classic. So wait, Love moment. When he does, does scream, does he kind of try to like when Ned Campbell goes out on the porch like, oh, what am I right here? You see me? Huh? What am I doing? Which isn't the same at all. No, but. Because Nev, Nev Campbell delivers it more um, because Nev Campbell lives in like skepticism more of, like, right. when she's just, like what's happening. Like she's more dis- like Nev Campbell is a more developed, obviously final girl because the Scream franchise is an actual franchise where each movie feels like a movie where I still can't call this a trilogy, even though there is a third <laughs> mm-hmm. one. Um, so like Scream is, is like each movie, like Scream independently, like I can watch all of them at any moment in any order and enjoy them for what they are Yeah, at what they are. Other, other franchises still have like dips and valleys that I'm like dismiss, like Halloween has some like take it or leave it moments for me. Scream to me, every movie I can watch. I know what you did last summer and I still know I can watch them both have a good time. Although the second one's more rough than I remembered. And then the third one, it could have been good. Yeah. It could have been good. Oh. It could have been good. Anyways, but we'll get to that. All right. So so, uh, so there was an original ending to this movie that is now included on the 4K Ultra HD that just came out. Um, it's Julie, instead of her being in the shower, uh, Julie's sitting uh, at her computer and some girl, she's talking to Ray on uh, AOL and then some girl brings her a note that looks like, oh no, it's gonna be this, and it's a pool party thing. And then, but she looks over and she has a message from someone she doesn't know. She opens it up and it says, "I know what you did last summer." And that's it. Or I still know. It says, "I still know." That was, I was like, that was lame. So no, no, what no, they, the mirror thing is perfect. What they did was they went oh. back to reshoot. They reshot it on the set of Party of Five, 
and did oh. that ending um, oh, with wow. with the the showers. Or they built a set on the. It was in the same place. They so they didn't have to have her fly or go anywhere. They just went to the party of five set and shot that uh, ending we got, which is a good jo- like him jumping out of the mirror stuff. Pretty cool. Um, yeah. And- you ever wrote on a mirror at a hotel like when it's steamy after a shower, just basically calling know. out. Someone that's not going to clean the mirror, which whatever, but right. if you leave a message, it will show up because I'm always terrified I'll see a message, whether it's oh, a ghost or someone just messing with me. Gotcha. No, I want to do that in a hotel room. Go I'm going to do that. It's going to be my calling card. I still know. Um, so uh, soundtracks on these movies were good. I want to point out uh, Kula Shaker's cover of Hush was the single that was kind of featured for this one. It also... Clumsy from Our Lady Peace was a radio song, had Offspring on it, Soul Asylum, Toad the Wet Sprocket doing Hey Bulldog, and Corn's Proud were all on this soundtrack. Um, and it's box office. This movie is a big hit. Um, it did 72.5 domestic, 125.5 on a, se- a worldwide on a 17 million budget, opening with 15.8 on October 17th, holding the number one spot for three weeks. It was the choice movie of the Halloween season. That's what happened. And I'm going to question what the fuck happened with the release of the second one, but we'll get there. Um, the seventh highest grossing slasher film of all time till probably Halloween ends comes out. And then that the, the top 10 weekend it came out, it was number one, beating off Devil's Advocate. Beating Devil's Advocate. It wasn't having sexual favors with Devil's Advocate. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Kiss the Girls, number three. Seven Years in Tibet, four. In and Out, five. Six was Soul Food. Rocket Man, not not the one you're thinking. It's number seven. Peacemaker, number yeah. eight. Uh, LA Confidential, number 10. And a small release of Bean. Uh, later weeks, it fends off uh, the openings of Gattaca, Red Corner, and is taken down by Starship Troopers. Oh, and then Bean surged wide and hit number two. So it would drop from uh, number one to number four uh, or number three. And it's other week and it stayed in the top 10 for a while. So, yeah, it was it was a big hit movie. Uh, I want to. So I mentioned before I have a story with this movie. The third time I saw it before we moved to I still know you did last summer. So I saw it twice opening weekend. Had no plans of seeing it again, even though I liked the movie. I did. I did enjoy it quite a bit. And you know, fifteen uh, year old Brandon, way more forgiving. Uh, and I brought up AOL for that other uh, ending too. So, but I was an early person who used AOL. And you'd have chat rooms. You didn't. Have, I don't think we had an instant messenger yet at this point in '97. I don't know if it existed, but you'd talk to people. You you could search profiles for people, and I would I would talk to like girls and stuff online from around the area. Or this was before catfishing was a thing, so mm-hmm. you didn't know. So uh-huh. I I met this girl on instant messenger or not instant on AOL. So went private chat rooms and. She went to a school on the other side of town, and we exchanged phone numbers, started talking on the phone a bunch, and so I was 15, and we decided we wanted to meet each other, go on a date, and it would be my first date ever, and so I was like, okay, and she wanted to see I Know What You Did Last Summer, and this was like in November, I think. I don't think... Yeah, it had been... I think it was November. I was like, okay, so it's my first date, going to I Know What You Did Last Summer, and then we both decided that, you know what? This is weird meeting someone from online. Let's each bring a friend. Not a double yeah. date, but a friend. And I felt like, yeah, because I could bail with... I didn't have my driver's license. So I asked my friend... Or no, 
my friend got his driver's license, but he didn't have a car. And at the time, in our state, you couldn't have someone under the age of 18 with you driving for like your first month. Yep. So I had, and it was my, it was my best friend at the time, and his mom, like who I called mom as well. So it was like that type of thing. So they were going to drop, my, my parents, my dad dropped us off at the movie, and we were meeting at the movie, and then his mom was going to pick us up like after the movie. That was going to be the whole day. And she, this girl I was talking to, she had her driver's license. And then I get in this whole thing with my mom being like, what does a 16-year-old want with a 15-year-old guy? She got a driver's license. I'm like, shut up, mom. I'm meeting a girl. And this is before you could exchange pictures. Not everybody had a digital picture that Um, could, you know, and I didn't have one. She didn't have one. So it's like, okay. Okay, let's do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this, and and uh, people at my school thought I was nuts for meeting someone yeah, online. Yeah, lifetime movie This is 1997, so I'm yeah, friend. lifetime. So we go, and I'm like, I get there, and I'm like, am I? I, I just buy my ticket. I probably should have bought her ticket too, but I, our box office was outside, and this is November, so we get our tickets. We go and we go in the lobby, and it's just sitting there. Sitting there, it was at the Holiday Six Theater in Fort Wayne, Indiana, at the time. It was a <laughs> multiplex that do- doesn't exist anymore. And we're sitting there, and there's these two girls over, and that was not good prospects. I'm a I'm a 15 year old boy, okay? So looks are gonna play in night, and I'm in and I'm in 1997. Looks are gonna play a part. It looks, it's like ah, well, we could, you know, we gotta go through with this or whatever. And I'm like, mm. and my friend's like, I. Just let's just go see the movie, dude. Let's just pass. I'm like, no, we should, you know, what? Because one was okay, the other was like, oh boy. And they were constantly at a payphone, these two. Like, and I was like, oh, they're probably trying to call, wondering or something. It's like weird. I'm like, and I felt would feel rude. So I'm like, you know what? I'm like, dude, I'm going to go approach and talk to them. I go to start walking over to talk to them, and I hear Brandon from behind me. Are you Brandon? And I turn around and I say yes. And this girl was stunning. I don't know what this girl was doing meeting a 15-year-old guy on the internet. But I was just like, are you, um, I'm not going to say names. And she was like, yeah, hey. I was like, oh my gosh. And her friend, quite good looking too. They could tell they hung out. And I was like, oh my God. And so we hung out in the lobby, talked and stuff. And I was like, whoa. What happened here? And so we went and saw the movie, had a lot of fun. She's like, hey, do you want to go to like Midwest Town? Do you want to go to Applebee's after? Or after, you know, I'm like, well, is mom supposed to pick us up and stuff? But I'm like, yeah, I'll go to. And my friend's like, dude, here's the deal. So like, if my mom says no, you just go to Applebee's with them. I'll go. Don't worry. I'll just make my mom take me home. So I'm like, all right, okay, whatever. I'm like, I'm like, well, <laughs> this is so. T- I was like, his mom's got to pick us up, but we got to tell, we got to find her in the parking lot. And tell her she was like, I'll drive you guys. She's like, we're Applebee's, we'll hang out and stuff, and like, I'll I'll take you guys home. That's fine, no problem with me. I was like, okay, this is working. This is working oh out. So Uh-oh. we go. We see his mom in the parking lot. And we tell her, and she's like, oh, "I don't know, guys. Who are these girls?" And they're, I'm like, "It's cool. Like I've known her for like a month." And <laughs> we talk, other, and and she's like, "She goes, okay, fine." 
So we go to Applebee's. We have a great uh, time at Applebee's. Blah, blah, blah. She's like, hey, you guys want to go? Let's go to such and such place or whatever. We hang out there. I'm like, okay, we are making it. This is working. I'm making a night of this. This girl is drop dead gorgeous. For some reason, hang out with me. Okay, cool. I'm wearing like my freaking corduroy jacket. I'm like, okay, my finest corduroy jacket and band t-shirt. So I'm like, okay, let's do it. Yeah, let's go. We're going in the Applebee's parking lot. And we're walking. And out of the corner of my eye, I noticed my friend Adam's dog sitting in a car. And I'm like, ah, that's weird seeing Patches here. And I'm like, oh, God, no. And I look over, and it's his mom in the car sitting there waiting in the parking lot. And I was like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. And I'm like, I'm just going. And my my friend saw it, and he's like, just keep walking, dude. Just keep walking. Just keep, just just go. Just, just don't say anything. I'm like, okay, okay. So we get in her car, and then his mom pulls up alongside the car, and I'm like, oh no. And and he's like, dude, just I'll go. I'm leaving. He's like, he's gonna take this hit for me, and like, okay. And she gets up. And he gets up. And he gets out. He's like, it's cool. Let him go. And and she goes. Rolls down. Oh no, Brandon Peters. Oh no. You are getting in here as well. I your parents would like you to come with I'm like, oh God. <laughs> like I'm like, I'm just sitting there like I'm stuck in this girl's car. This is embarrassing as hell. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my god. And she's like, get in here, Brandon. Get out. I'm like, oh no. So I'm like, well, this was nice. I guess I I shall be parting. Um yeah, and I and I got out. Everybody let me, windows were down for everybody, okay? So I'm like, bye. And I get I get around. She goes, It's okay, guys. Adam, you can drive and Brandon, I'll let you sit in the front seat. And I was like, Oh God. And my parents had agreed with her that this was the right thing to do. And so the bid farewell and I never went out with her again. Really? Oh. It was so it was kind of awkward. Or... We chatted, we chatted some more, but it was just it was really awkward. You know what though? When she she's sixteen, but I guarantee the same thing happened to her when she was probably fourteen or thirteen. You know what I mean? Or fifteen? I don't know. Knows. I don't know. But it's it was weird. I would never judge someone for having to leave. I'd be like, well, yeah, he's. 15. It was really awkward though. If you were there, it was awkward for everyone because she probably felt like villainous. You know. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like, well, man. he was just going to do a movie. And so, yep. so what time of day was all this taking place in night like, for you to go? To it, a movie it was, it was and like, and then it was like Friday night. The movie was at like 738. And then we went to Applebee's at like 10. So it was like 11. So it's kind of late considering it you didn't know. Kind of where were you going to go? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. It's like, where um, are you going? You got to come home. You're not spending the night with some girl. Yeah, but you just yeah. met. I know. I mean, that's why I was like, if you're at 11 o'clock, that's not shocking that right. it would be like, oh, rain it in, 15-year-old. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I yeah. mean, I guess in the 90s, anything went, but. Yeah. So. so that's, yeah, that's what happened. Um, Yeah. Connection, communication slowly. It really bugged me because I was like, oh, man, I really liked her. And she was nuts, too. She was like crazy. But then, like, my dad found out, like, her, she lived in a neighborhood down the street from like one, someone he knew and he asked about and he's like, Oh yeah. The guy said like her dad's like crazy or something. Oh. And I'm like, Oh God. And then, so I found, I would later have some friends 
uh, girls I knew that went to school with her because she was a year older than me and these girls were younger. But like, and I told I told them this story about you know like oh well, I know her and they're like oh wow and I heard so they told me that on her on their the night she graduated high school there's like some senior party or something and she went to a bigger school so was, you there's people you probably never met that you graduated with met a dude that night at the party and they got engaged oh wow that's the last i had heard anything about this person but it was like oh wow well that's crazy but that's the story of my first date embarrassing as hell i, I know what you did last summer I, yep. That sounds and like so a super love never, movie, though. Hold on. Wait, what's the... What's I will the never movie? forget last summer. Can't Hardly Wait? Yes. It's basically the Can't Hardly Wait because he never talked to her. Then they're like, you know, meet at That's a party true. That's true. They probably got engaged. Which would come out the next summer. Which I do love Jen Elfman in that. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. I like that movie a lot. Um, I do. I really do. Uh, so, speaking of embarrassing, uh, I still know what you did last summer. Is our next movie? <laughs> That's a segue. Uh, here we go. After what happened last summer, we are going to the Bahamas. Nobody deserves a vacation more than Julie James. We have arrived in paradise. And here, miles from civilization. So a great weekend. Yeah, a great weekend for She's me. finally gotten away from it all. I should have changed that stupid lock. I should have made Julie the key. If I'd have known for just one second, you'd be back to bother me. Don't have the lyrics. Hold on. <laughs> he did something to the screen. I said, what are you talking about? But she can never escape her past. It's happening again. What? Because there are some secrets. There, there was a body in there. Cool. I am not going crazy. He's here. Oh. Who is here? And there are some fears. Hey, Julie, you see any dead bodies out there? Two summers ago, we hit Ben Willis with our car, and then we threw his body in the water. Can you not tell me the whole story? I'm your best friend. That will haunt her forever. I want off this island. That's not possible. This time... I still know what you did last summer. Get hooked again. Directed by Danny Cannon, starring Trey Calloway. Uh, characters by Lois Duncan. Starring Jennifer Love Hewitt, Freddie Prince Jr., Brandy Norwood, Mackay Pfeiffer, Jack Black. It's always a fun trivia thing to just make people go crazy. Jennifer Esposito, Matthew Settle, John Hawks nowadays would be one to be like, well, he's in that. Jeffrey Combs and Muse Watson. So they got some horror credit and they were like, we got the reanimator in this movie. Yeah. The murder And it's uncredited Jack Black. Uncredited. Mm. Oh, that's Jack right. Black. That's right. Um, so even he was embarrassed of that role. Because well, look at the role they gave him. I mean, yeah, that does not fly today. I wonder what Brandy and Mackay Pfeiffer thought of his character in that movie. Well, you can see on screen some of it, I guess. But um, I mean, 
So in this one, the murderous fisherman with a hook is back to once again stalk the two surviving teens, Julie and Ray, who had left him for dead, as well as cause even more murder and mayhem, this time at a posh island resort. This is the most elaborate, specific, expensive, and insane slasher killer plots of all time. I love it. So first off, find remote island resort that has a storm season around the 4th of July and will be over only populated with minimal staff Buy reservation for four to resort for off season storm se- uh, season Buy plane tickets for four people uh, enroll son in college uh, same college as Julie James hope he befriends Brandy and will be in her circle of trust by 4th of July weekend and hope it works <laughs> out that she would want him for Julie uh, pretend to be radio station with Bahamas contest and accept any answer they give as a winner and hope they don't look it up or ha- tell anybody what the answer they gave was. Uh, have backup plan in case Ray bails or decides to go late where you set up a mock accident with a mannequin on the road like a dead body. Attempt to kill him. Uh, kill the minimal staff of the resort with your son until you can finally reveal yourself to Julie, mock her for all of this, and hopefully kill her. From the director of Judge Dredd. And the writer. I love it. And the writer of Timon and Pumbaa on the Disney Channel. This is what I got. This This is is, the movie. I think that's the movie I wanted to watch. Everything him planning, like you said before. You watch this movie the first and you're like, all right. And then you stop for a moment and think of everything that had to happen for this movie to work <laughs> that is this is like pretty little like pretty little liars like level of a craziness when it like spiraled talking about the original pretty little liars okay. that was like six seasons too long um but still enjoyable where like all the convoluted plot twists and a doing their little like board of mystery thing that needed to happen for this whole plan to come into play um and i love everything about that he like he, he couldn't just we couldn't just write a movie where it's like brandy and and jennifer love hewitt take off to a vacation to get away and he just follows them yes. yeah <laughs> no. they're even like oh my number is unlisted don't give out my phone number oh the radio stations call me if you don't enter a contest with the radio station could they don't you imagine call if you. this guy was jigsaw could you imagine <gasps> Oh, it would be genius. I love it. Oh, I love gosh. it. It oh. is It is so, I mean, to be ruminating on something like this for another year. And okay, and this is where now I have an issue with Brandy's character, not her performance. Her performance is charming and delightful. It's Brandy. She's but an asshole. <laughs> she, in no, what world <laughs> are you? Okay, I'm sorry. But now, now, one year later, Julie James has a lot of reason to be angsty and like troubled. She just literally watched her friends get murdered. People get murdered. She was like kidnapped and thrown onto a boat essentially. And then like thrown and saw dead bodies and then like had to fight for her survival and almost killed and all the things that were happening to her. You're going to suffer from PTSD. Meanwhile, Brandy's like, come to the club, get over it. This boy likes you. That other guy, what? Like, yeah, who the cares? guy you have shared trauma with and probably is the only person who understands you at any given moment. You would think, except Ray's like, hey, you want to come back for the 4th of July, baby? <laughs> you know where all that crap just went down? Well, he never left, you know, like yeah, but a, yeah. to be fair, that makes sense. That kind of tracks. Yeah. I mean, yes, you're absolutely right. I will say like that is very strange. Right. And he should have been more sympathetic to her being like, I I mean, so much. Should have been like, all right, we'll, we'll do it here. We'll stay here. Yeah. You know? Or like if you love her, 
Like he tried to like be like works really big right now, but you know what? Everybody copes differently. He just could have been a little bit more, like no one was sympathetic to what she went through, and she really got the brunt of it by the end of the first movie. Right? She really got the brunt of it. So it just, I mean, the fact that Brandy was pushing some other guy on her who was was wallpaper. Like he had no personality until he like had a personality, and then it was a drastic shift of personality but up until that he was a house plant who just kind of was there and you're like there's nothing about him that's spectacular but you know a nice guy um but it's just i don't know i just get very and then what in what world if you know somebody has been through that much trauma and has been sneaked up against attack why would you be going through her stuff and not saying, hey, can I borrow a dress or hey, I'm in here or like make a noise when you show up at home like Brandy's introduction? Why would you do that to a girl who's suffering from trauma? No, you always announce yourself when you walk into a room after somebody's been attacked. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she's God. like, I thought you were gone. It's like, well, don't I you mean- check. Yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. Or turn on a light, make some noise. Who walks in and just like why- creeps like. <laughs> So weird. And here's my boyfriend, <laughs> also a shithead, to come along. Yeah, like he's more sympathetic to things I think than her. Like he, but they are just yeah. Like Brandy's like I don't understand. And it takes Brandy almost dying, actually was supposed to die, um, to be like, oh, you know what? I get what you're going through now. Like you couldn't just <laughs> believe me or read the papers or, yeah. Like it's just okay. Not oh wait, you saw how many people get murdered. Wait, you were you were attacked as well. Wait, you you saw the dead bodies. Like that would I would just sit there and be like, tell me everything. Like I want to know all the details. Are you okay? What can I do? Not like it's been a year. People don't even get over a breakup in a year. You expect somebody to get over right. like a massacre in a year? Like give me a break, right? She's just like, I need my no wingman. Come to the club with me, even though we're underage. She it's has massive. a promotional still of Sarah Michelle Geller from I Know What You Did Last Summer in her room <laughs> to remind her she lost her friend. <laughs> I do love it. It's like this beautiful frame photo of her and her little shell from like that. Like I always love when they, they don't try to find, there's like, here's a still or like when they're like having a flashback and it's like scenes from the movie or watching security footage. It's just like the footage from the movie it always cracks me up. I would never use a photo of the 4th of July, which is a traumatizing event for me i would have That's a picture day of she me was and her murdered. together like you know a buddy photo not- last known photo <laughs> that's probably that. it because it's from that parade oh i've watched two videos on that being like last known photo of before like horrible things happened um those videos are fat you can go down a rabbit hole of those where they have like photos of people who like the last photo before somebody was killed or last photo before somebody went on a rampage it's a like, do they have the? Uh, Still know a, what you did with that track, maybe. There's a there's Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. There's a person that pulls out like a article about Jason towards the end, and it's like a profile, like a picture of him, like huh? It's like who got that photo? <laughs> like it's like it's not distant. It's like oh crap! Like did the police just like eh? Well, dead body camera. Let's see what's on the film. You know, I don't know. Oh, my question is too. They probably had a ton of photos too, just from taking on set or just like random other things where it doesn't, where they're just like laughing or like just mm-hmm. candid moments they could have used too. I always wonder about like 
Why wouldn't they like, I mean, do you really think your audience is that dumb that if you don't use an exact mm-hmm. image that we've seen before, we won't recognize the person? Like, I think if we saw a photo of Sarah Michelle Geller just smiling with Jennifer Love Hewitt, we would be like, oh, look, they're friends still. Like, there mm-hmm. probably has to have, like, have existed a photo that wasn't like, yeah, anyway, that's besides the point. At least it wasn't There's the that... obituary laminated, I guess. <laughs> right, yeah, like, that's true. Remember, she died. We want you to remember that. Oh god. And it's like a it's this promotional still photo for her obituary <laughs> photo too. Okay. I mean, but that would be less convoluted than um than the story as a whole if she right. just had like the obituary on the thing. Anyway. Well, okay. uh, also to Freddie Prinze, they like sideline him with like a side quest the whole movie. Like I don't know if his availability wasn't there or they were just bored with Ray. Or they were really all about the Matthew Settle. Yeah. His character really, like, they tried to make him, like, some giant hero, but, like, they weren't. But, like, that's the thing is that they were trying to make him try, like, he thought he was going to be some hero story arc, but then Julie James wasn't going to be some, like, weakling, like, damsel in distress. So she's going to be like, I'm going to take this into my own hands. And then they, like, reconvene, and it's, like, together they can do it. Like, not by, like, independently, but it takes both of them to really take down Will. Mm -hmm. Or not Will. Well, Ben. Yeah. Um, Ben takes down. Yeah. Well. (laughs) I know. And that is still my favorite thing of the entire movie. Will Ben's gun. I do love that. I love it. (laughs) I think it's so stupid that it, like, crosses into genius. Period. Like, I, I, I think it goes the full arc. I support it. I'm thrilled by it. Will I, I Will short it. for Willis, so it spells out Will is Ben's son. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. We never find that guy's name out. Because it's a fake name. I know, which is genius. <laughs> it's so good. Will Benson, Willis Benson, Willis Benson. Like it's so good. Well, and uh. and and it's so and Matthew Settle comes off as not performing, but like, okay, I watch those scream movies and stuff and see how killers act at the end of those. Uh, like it's it's like we've gone through so many at this time that he's like, okay, I have to act like I do in those movies because all of a sudden he has this like shift and now he's like Timothy Oliphant in Scream Two or yes. you know like it's like you are not you're doing someone else's thing right now like not. Um, and because it's, he had no personality before, right? Like Will had no, like Timothy Oliphant, at least in Scream, had a personality before. Right. Like I'm not like right. saying that like this actor has no personality. I just his character was so kind of like trying to be earnest and like humble and like oh shucks, like it. Uh, and then and then he was like, oh, now I need to go into Timothy Oliphant eyes and be like, mm, and it just shifted his little gaze on her and you're like oh no but like, is, is there anyone I who ever watched this movie and liked this guy like no it's he's just like oh god and if she's got ptsd she's not even like befriend i would not be befriending people i guess if i was having trauma from like a murder <sighs> i would or if anything just close females i think i would be a little standoffish yeah this I is mean, a movie that cell phones would have solved too ray been like hey just try oh, yeah Attempt just made on my life. Think Ben Willis is alive, running late. <laughs> you know, I want to surprise her. Uh, I know. <laughs> don't, John Hawk's like, John Hawk, don't tell her. Like, yeah. 
I, I, um, I mean, think, okay. It just, the whole thing could have been, it could have worked. And that's the theme of this whole thing, I guess. The, the, <laughs> this it could have worked because here's the thing. I mean, I, again, we heard Jessica being like, I'd probably like not be interested in men. I'd probably be like more close girl and more reserved. That's how one me on the other hand, I'd be like, you're hot enough. I'll sleep with you. Like I would look for distraction, but I wouldn't emotionally invest. Mm-hmm. I would just probably be like, okay, this man's attractive enough, but he didn't have enough personality to be like, oh, he's probably spicy in the bedroom. Like he's right. probably pretty vanilla. So I'm like, I don't know if you, I would probably go to Brandy and be like, okay, if you're going to stick me with a man in a hotel room, give me somebody who's at least going to like, you know, ruffle some feathers. Like, I mean, I <laughs> she want, friend I want zoned to- him right away. Cause he's yeah. just so nice. Like, yeah, and yet he still wanted to go. It was just weird. Like, why would Will even want to? I mean, I guess a free. Oh, and you know, I take it back. I'm sitting here going, I would have gone. I mean, if I was <laughs> to the Bahamas with somebody who didn't want to sleep with me, I'd be like, mm, why not? Yeah. Um. Uh, it. I don't know. But then at the same time, if I was Julie, I'd probably been like, uh, you'll do for right now. You at least want me, and that's yeah. good for my self esteem. So I'll take it. Like. I don't yeah, know. but she might I create another killer if, if if he wasn't a killer's son involved in the plot. She might create another stalker or killer doing that too. Right. I feel like guy's... I would just shut down. I would just be like, I don't want to be around people. I wouldn't have gone on the trip probably because I wouldn't have felt safe outside of my, That's my comfort zone. Thing. I'd be like, I want to be safe in my bubble is... during this weekend. Yeah. That's my biggest issue with this movie. Well, no, 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 not. But that's one of my big, like, questions about it mm-hmm. is she's so resistant to, like, everything. And then all of a sudden, the most arbitrary contest that doesn't exist shows up on her phone. And then she's, like, screaming, like, we're going to the Bahamas. And you're, like, jumping on the bed. The going, ah! Like, it. It, it is, there was, it was too sharp of a contrast versus if... She had that first meeting with Ray and she had said, like, you know, I haven't gone through last year. I need to get out of town. I want to go far away. I can't go back to that town. Like, let me tell you, I've been traveling a lot recently. I hate being in L.A. right now just because it reminds me of too many things I don't want to think about. So I'm traveling everywhere I possibly can go to avoid being where I live, technically. So it tracks that she was offered like a free trip somewhere and get excited, but it just, it could track. It just doesn't the way they set it up because they set it up as she doesn't want to leave her bubble. Like you, Jessica, it just like, would you have jumped into that quick of a reaction? If you want to trip the Bahamas, you'd be like, Oh, that sounds fun. But am I emotionally ready for it? I don't know. Like, know, like that's so weird. Shift. What contest did you register with? Yeah. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah. My number is unlisted. Like, remember what I just said that right before the phone rang? Cause we're trying to set this up for the audience, but right. Know, how, how did they get this? They couldn't even have just looked it up. But I would have definitely stayed in. I would not have gone out. Or if I did anything, it would have to be with Ray, someone that I felt safe with. Yeah. yeah. And that went through the crap with me. And when Ray can't take off work during that weekend, you don't think he can tell his boss, dude, I need to take the weekend off because last year during this time, we almost got murdered. So it's kind of a thing. And again, <laughs> right. I guess maybe it goes to that mental health thing where some workers are like, oh, I don't care. We've got fish to, to net up, you know? <laughs> people need their salmon and whatever, tuna. I don't, I don't know what people catch on that side of the country. But... <laughs> It's just so weird that he couldn't get out of work and he kind of got butt hurt when she didn't want to go back and he was insensitive. 
But she, yeah. but then she was like, yeah, I'll go to the Bahamas because I just got to get away. But Brandy could have found another friend. I guarantee Brandy had another friend on that campus somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. And her boyfriend probably has another friend. I don't think her boyfriend wanted to go with freaking boring. Matt, no, Mackay Pfeiffer no. like, fuck that like, guy. Yeah. And why are you forcing her to go with this guy that she doesn't like? She's not interested. That's where I mm-hmm. struggle the most with. Like what it would be like, here's a trip. You've been like, you've been through hell on earth. Come with me on this trip to Bahamas. Who would you want to have come with it? Like, I mean, I don't know. I just Maybe don't... her mom. Her mom should have went. That would have been good. It would have thrown everything off. No, that will. I love how we're obsessed with, with this movie. It's like, Julie wouldn't have gone to the Bahamas at all, so the movie shouldn't have happened. The end. (laughs) That's where we're stuck. Imagine them rescheduling everything. Like, wait, that's that's our suspension of disbelief. We're like, okay, yeah, Yeah. Muse Watson or Ben Willis, he could plan. Yeah, he could plan that. Sure, he has a son, Uh, but her leaving to go like that's. And when the Bahamas shut down after the Fourth of July, I was like, I feel like the Bahamas are still in season July third and not that island. It was because of the storm season. Oh, okay. So we could film rain, and we could get Jennifer Love Hewitt in white tanks that are wet. She was in a lot of tank tops, a lot of spaghetti strap tank tops, which it's like okay. Watching these back to back, she she went from young lady to woman in one year, from 1997 to 1998. Jeffrey Love Hewitt like aged like four like four years it felt like it was like okay and she's got great hair in this one mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like what whoa like she looks small in the last, and now she's like feels like taller more in like commanding it's just it was weird uh, just watching her and her face looks uh like it's older too not like I'm uh, wrinkled and stuff yeah. just like she's aged well, like she's a, a woman now rather than a teenager. And she was a recording artist, and they used her song backing in the movie as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Yep. You hear, you hear her song. is like, ah, oh, that's Jeffrey Love Hewitt's song. Yep. She's How do I deal? Background. That was the single yeah. from the soundtrack. Uh, and they also let her sing in the movie with I Will Survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this soundtrack, not as good as the other one, in my opinion. Like, it had Orgy's Blue Monday in there. Um, and then, like, Imogen Heap, before everybody knew who Imogen yeah. Heap was. Bijou Villips. Different vibe of songs than the last one. Well, because they're in tropical mode with yeah. the Bahamas because yeah. Well, I mean, okay, to be fair, they did they did set it up where like he worked there. So it's like it wasn't like he like picked an arbitrary island. It was just convenient that he had a history with an island. So he said, I wonder if I can get them to an island where the grave site is of these people so that I could put a grave there with her name on it. That's where I would um, like her to be buried. Like, was that a new yeah. tombstone or did he desecrate someone else's tomb to do yeah. that? Oh, I add that to the plot. Buy tombstone for someone. <laughs> <laughs> or was I'm he sure like, I'm just going to use... on that island. Oh. Um, well, he turned he, it like, around he, and carved on the other side. <laughs> yeah, he was, it's fine. Well, he like painted it. I mean, there's just so much happening in this movie that I, I mean, really the, the standout of this movie is Jennifer Esposito's character because she at least makes sense. <laughs> yeah, she is totally 90s to like those, those track pants, the take top. I was like, oh man. And she was like a big, she was like your Anne Heche for this movie pretty much yeah. at the time. Like, she worked. Yeah, she worked. And she was, in the original script, her death was Brandy's death, and she was supposed to extend a little longer and then get killed where Brandy was killed, survived. Um, But they switched it, like, test audiences. Well, somewhere in there, they liked Brandy better, and then Brandy 
Well, yeah. Died, but then test audiences liked her, so they brought her back. I don't know who liked her because her char- it's not Brandy, it's her character's an asshole. Um yeah, no, Brandy is a delight. Brandy was huge at this time too. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. But uh yeah, and like Mackay Pfeiffer was newer up and comer. Um yeah, Jeffrey Coombs is you know, reanimator, nice little touches in the cast. Um but it's yeah, it's just it's so sure. wacky. My question is like, well, the whole voodoo thing is just questionable yeah. to begin with. But in what world does this man not just go, hey, guys, I'm just getting a bad feeling and I'm a little worried about you. Or is this something like what's with all this? Why is nobody talking to each other? There's nothing to do on this damn island. Right. Why aren't they talking to each other? Like wh- the first thing I'd be like, where are you from? What brought you here? First question I would ask, not do all this like suspect it's just weird oh, to me you want to speak of weird scenes you want to know a weird scene the workout scene before the tanning bed huh? it felt so unnatural and weird to me they were like oh yeah oh look a bike oh we're getting all this in. oh we're doing all the workouts yeah. and then and then like say, yeah yeah and then she goes to do the tanning bed and gets stuck in there which is i guess a trend that then I mean, was that the first movie to do the tanning bed type, like, almost dead? Because Final Destination did it, and then Urban Legends Bloody Mary, the third Urban Legend movie. So, which I, I think it was the first either. one. So it was it the first one because me. Final Destination yeah. 3 came out in, I think, 2005. Yeah, or, and Bloody and, Mary. And Bloody Urban Mary was right around that, 2004, yeah. 2005. So um, this was it. This was the first tanning bed horror um, yeah. thing. And that's, that's, that's a good move. Yeah. It'd be yeah. a good move to kill somebody in it, not like just trap them, but right. Which you're getting well, a little but, claustrophobic and it's the fear of, Oh gosh, you could roast, but yeah. then they well, smash I mean, the glass and she just gets out. No big deal. Like bulbs break. <laughs> yeah. But no it's, cuts. Well, it's still scary enough to get like, right. I mean, they handle but I was going to say, I was like, Oh, I forgot. I did forget. Well, I didn't forget, but then I was like, oh, the tanning bed, because I just watched um, Urban Legend Bloody Mary, which I didn't know existed either. Oh, it came out. It was um, like around the same time as I always know what you did last summer. They were like, it was, yeah. um, which was another like straight to video thing. Um, and I didn't realize. So that's why when I like saw I know what you do, I still know. And I was like, oh, the tanning, because I literally watched maybe three months ago, um, Urban Legend Bloody Mary for the first time. I was like, I wonder if. I still know what you did last summer was kind of that like initial trend of like, let's see, let's torture people on a tanning bed like thing. And I think mm-hmm. it was because tanning was popular in the nineties. Mm-hmm. I don't think any movie before that would have done a tanning bed. It wasn't an eighties thing. I don't think so. No. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I just, the other movies took it to the next level where they actually died in the right. tanning bed. Right. This right. one at least was, I mean, again, you went through this elaborate plan and then you like do these shitty ways of just slowly like messing with him and taunting them along mm-hmm. the way. It's just too much work. If you're going to really like screw with somebody, come up with a better plan. But did he exhaust himself coming up with the plane tickets and digging the grave and, and <laughs> doing all the other and like and concocting this plan with his son, who I really want to know what his son's reaction to the first like movie yeah. would be. Right. Um, oh, Another thing Ben Willis does reprograms lyrics on a karaoke machine to say I oh, still yeah. know. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw him at all. Yeah. Do he that. knew what song um, it was going to have. They're going to go in there because no one else is going. Yeah. Okay, so Donnie, my boyfriend, he'll be like, "It's really rude to correct people because sometimes I'll correct him if he says something that's you know not the right information." I'm like, "Oh, I think it was so and so," and we'll look things up. 
and I'll yeah. probably be wrong. However, Mr. Bellhop, when they get there and they go, oh, we got the capital of Brazil, right? And instead of him going, Brasilia, didn't they make it Brasilia? They could have been like, what? Question it, get back on the boat because they just got there. You know, yes. like, so he didn't say anything. He's okay. like, I'm going to keep this to myself. Those two would have been like stupid you. radio station. Yeah, who's going to give you the tickets for this trip? But here's oh, the thing. Get it right. Didn't they set up Julie James in movie one to be a smart person? Depression doesn't make you stupid. Right. So right. like it makes you like foggy and whatnot. But it, like, how did they just, get these uh, tickets? Were they at like the will call? <laughs> they were like, the hotel, they had to go already, to like you normally you would go to the tickets? station to get those tickets right or something they didn't show or... that part they just did they get mailed I don't... but then if her number's unlisted then her address sure as hell are they giving her address to the radio station yeah you're going it was the... already that weekend yeah and it's like hey uh congrats you want to trip to the bahamas in the next two days i bet will went to the radio station for them he was trying to help out although i'll, I'll pick him up guys Good old Will, always taking one and stepping up for everybody. See, I mean, I, maybe I get why he was around all the time, being like, I'll take care of that for you. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. he probably was. Well, yeah, I, wait, did, I, now I almost think that they, like, said something about him picking up the tickets. I now I want to go back. I feel like he was with Mackay oh. Pfeiffer, and it was like, oh, oh yeah, they're going to go. Oh, they're on their way. I think they picked up the tickets. I don't know if that's oh. a line or if I'm just replaying it in my head but okay that could track but then if will didn't go how would they have got the tickets is they take you to the door and that convenient which we would actually do that at the radio station but back then people would be there 24 7 they'd be like why are you taping stuff to our door yeah oh my and if you actually knew that in the morning wouldn't you know that's not the guy's voice yeah that's in the true. morning, yeah. Well, yeah. that's the other thing is Brandy did say turn on the radio station and they only got static and they didn't seem to care. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. So it just seems Julie did not, like, I get the excitement of winning something, but there's too many. Okay, I mean, but we're also, let's go back in time to when this movie was. This is pre-9-11, pre, like, when travel was um, easier. Easy. Yep, yep. Accessible. You can go directly to the gate even without a ticket. Yep. Like all that was a thing back then. So I mean, we're we're maybe thinking about travel from a modern time about convenience or whatever. I mean, could you have left tickets at an airport or had a reservation? I feel like maybe back then the radio station or like could have called You didn't have like an auto thing. You went up to the desk and I think you just say I I'm so and so and they give you You'd your have to show boarding your driver's passes. license though. To yeah. pick up those yeah, but tickets it, to prove that you're the winner. But if it was so done in your name... Brandy should have actually had to go pick them up. In all person, she had to do is... Prove her identity. Yeah, yeah but if they put them... If you Signed bought W-9 them, because it's going to be valued more than $599. Well, they obviously... Right. The Willis family obviously is sitting on a gold mine of money here. So because, you know, he's... He could have bought them for himself and then a bunch of other people and those other people come say their name and they have it, but it was bought under his guys and he How gave everybody else. How did they get there? <laughs> yeah yeah how did they i mean there's a lot of hows in this but and then why okay at this point like did ben willis just get the taste for blood and was like i love it so now i'm gonna go and kill everyone like he was taking he didn't even waste any time at least in the first one there was still like okay i'll kill well he killed a few extras but in this one he was just like fuck it let's kill the whole staff (laughs) Um, and he just didn't care. Yeah. And then he killed his own son. Um, oh, 
Which I mean, and who came up with the son's name? Was Ben Willis being like, okay, go with it. Here's going to be your new name and here's your new ID. Like, I really want to watch that movie now. <laughs> There's no way she'll go for this. The plan with his son. He's like, I want them to have a chance to figure this out, okay? I'm kind of riddling this, but I want to give them a chance to figure it out. And, and he's you so proud. He's like, well, Ben, son. Julie, ben she's been son. triggered, though. Even that, like the name of a killer, no matter how it's phrased, because I can be triggered by people's names from the past. Yeah, mm-hmm. So if his name is Will, Ben, son. You're hearing Will and Ben constantly and Ben Willis. That should have been like a kind well, of you know a, what's eh, weird? Like, I watched this. You watch this one in mine and you think that this movie would toss between like you'd think that Brandy would call him Will. And then, like, Mackay Pfeiffer would be like, ah, Benson, what you doing? But they really don't say his name much. They really don't. And they or the full yeah. name. And you think to to keep it on your mind, it's almost like they came up with his whole name in the end. Because I don't remember them, I don't remember them saying his full name early on before that, like, just once, I think, on this campus w- or something. Yeah, like, yeah. What, but you'd think you'd have, or, like, Mackay Pfeiffer referring to him as Benson, and then, like, maybe Brandy and and Julie calling him Will. That They probably, and, like, look, if we do it too many times, the audience will figure this out. Yeah. Too well, fast. if they're searching for him, Will Benson! Will Benson! Benson. Yeah, I mean, they do say Will a lot. Yeah. So yeah, well, and and also when we get to that scene with father and son reunited, what is with the dubbing on Muse Watson's voice? Like it's his voice, but they have him like done like hero style, where he's like, "Stand him up," and it's like overpowering. He's like, "Hello, Julie," and it's just it's otherworldly in like hero form, um, and it's just it, it's it's so strange to watch. During that scene, I know it's raining yeah. and you have to dub, but it's not. He's not dubbed like Julie is. He's not dubbed like Ray. He's not dubbed like Will, and it's just oh, there's like a lot of extra boom in it, and it's just it's weird. And he's robotic, like he just makes these command. He's like run away, girl. Like there's no zero personality to him. It's a bunch of commands. Um, I mean. But- it, it makes sense when you think about this movie as a sequel, yeah. where as Scream 2, which came out before this one, um, and you look at Randy and talking about the rules of sequels, you're like, okay, you have like a bigger body count. Mm-hmm. You have like a killer that seems almost inhuman or like more whatever. And I'm like, this movie really like hit all those points. Not well, but it hit yeah. bigger body count, bloodier for sure. And it did give you a more mastermind killer because he yep. concocted whatever convoluted plot you could think of. So to be fair, you, they went bigger. It, it did go bigger. Um, and this this movie could have worked. It's I really think one of the biggest detractors is missing is Williamson. Uh, the touches in the dialogue, maybe making some character stuff work a little better. Um, I don't think this movie, as set up, is great, and he could have saved it. But I think some of the stuff would be less dumpy uh, with Williamson's touch on there. Was there a reason why he wasn't involved in the sequel? Yeah, he was he was busy. They they went to him, but I think he was working on Dawson's Creek 
at the time. Wow. And he, I mean, All the this, language I didn't understand watching Dawson's Creek. I'm like, man, they are very smart for high schoolers. Yeah. So he, I mean, at this, like Scream shot him to everybody's want list. So he has, he had Dawson's Creek going. He had uh, the faculty going. He had teaching Mrs. Tingle going. Like this was the hot, hot name to have work. He was busy as hell. He was working on Halloween H2O as well. I when bet he if they could. let him have his poster the way he wanted, he would have moved a project and been like, all right. Yeah, because but you ruined movie, my poster. This Speak. movie got Jennifer Love Hewitt and him and um, Freddie Brinks back, and then it got like beloved Brandy, right? So, like, you would think it wasn't like they phoned it in for a sequel of no. like, oh, we're just gonna do a cash grab of. It seemed like they wanted it to be like a scream that's happening, like the evolution yeah. of like, right? But who read this script and was like, oh, we got a scream too nope. here? It, it was. It's a matter of we uh, we need to get something out next year. Um, that's yeah, but pretty. Scream did the same. Yeah, no, scream. Yeah, yeah. Scream. Yeah, yeah, scream did, did the exact same. Yeah, one year later, but it was successful at it. Yeah. Yeah, well, let me. Okay, so also, Jessica, you mentioned the poster. I had the poster in this room, this in my room in high school. I ordered it from a site that gave me like actual theatrical one sheets with like the back reversed and stuff for light boxes, and I ordered it before the movie came out. So I had it. I had the the sequels um, poster in my room growing in my room in high school because my room in high school was like you couldn't see wall. It was movie posters ceiling to yeah whatever. Um, But I had that so. I want to talk about, Greg, what the fuck they were thinking on this release here. Um, it opened, in, they opened it, so they opened it November 13th to the 15th weekend after yeah. Halloween. It opened yeah. number two, Jessica. Do you know what number one was? What year was this? 98, November 13th to 15th. This is The movie so, at number uh, one was in its second the week. The Water Boy. Thank you. Because I went to see it in theater for my birthday. There you go. So... The second weekend, the Water Boy. It comes to number two. It beat Meet Joe Black, uh, which debuted that weekend. Uh, the Siege with uh, Denzel. That was number four. Five was Ants. Uh, six was I'll Be Home for Christmas, which was also new. Seven was Pleasantville. Uh, eight, eight was the second week of a Wizard of Oz re-release. Nine was Living Out Loud. Ten was Practical Magic, and then Ugh. I'm going to throw eleven in there. It was Rush Hour. But I don't Ugh. understand what was holding up the October release because the Halloween. Released that year, opening a Halloween weekend was John Carpenter's Vampires. That opened number one, but only with like nine point one million dollars. That's not like a big even for ninety uh, nineteen ninety eight. That's not that big. Uh, Practical Magic opened, but not really competition. I love that movie. So I love that movie. Yeah, don't right. dare. <laughs> I'm not. Well, I'm saying direct competition oh. to like I still. I, I don't think the same audience is going to that. Um, Bride of Chucky opened in the middle of this month that opened to 11.8 million that's in october up. or in, in october in october okay. so i'm backtracking from what came out before i think oh. it would have topped that if they were close proximity i, I think they didn't uh, want a competition well, they wanted to just stand by themselves and then right? urban legend opened in september end of september um oh. at 10.5 so i think they were afraid of slasher overload but i don't think they realized they were the surefire thing they were the one that were going to hit they had a, mm-hmm. a hit, a huge hit first movie. They opened in the middle of October. They could have gone head to head with Chucky and taken it down. They really, oh, I think totally. they could have. Or people and, go I to the movies twice. Even though weekend. that's my favorite Chucky movie, but I love it. They could have, they could have taken Chucky down, going head to head, and owned October because the first one owned October, made most of its money there, and the little hangover in November, and was gone in theaters 
by early December, which was kind of quick for um, back then. But you're opening after and trying to make the Thanksgiving money on that. It did. It only did forty, twenty four million budget. It tanked though. They like, opened sixteen point five million and then like just dropped real fast. I I don't know why you wouldn't go up against John Carpenter's Vampires. I I don't know. It just you're better seemed... off doing a Fourth of July release then, since it's always the Fourth of July. Uh, it could be. It could. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe they weren't ready. Maybe they're like, eh, it's too many slashers in a row. Dubbing. They had to get that extra dubbing that, in yep, there. The extra dubbing. A week. Um, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I did like you listed off all those movies and I'm having like overwhelming flashbacks to like vividly remember seeing yeah. uh, uh, Urban Legends in theater. I will never forget the day I saw Urban Legends in theaters because of the night after I saw that movie was like traumatizing. It's a funny story, actually. Um, and then I saw Pleasantville in theaters. I saw Practical Magic. And mm-hmm. I saw pretty much every movie. I saw a lot of movies yeah. that month and in October and September and November in 98, apparently, because everything you listed, I was like, I own all those on DVD. You know, um, and you Pleasantville know, is iconic. You know, it's funny. I was just thinking, Bride of Chucky and Urban Legend were both, for some reason, early dismissals from school days. And I instead of going, everybody would go to Pizza Hut for lunch. I went and got. I, I had to go see the first screening of those movies, so I, 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 went, I went to both Urban Legend and uh, Bride of Chucky like at like one o'clock on Fridays because I got out of school early, and I was like, nope. I'm everybody's like, go on Pizza Hut. I'm like, nope. I'm gonna go see Bride of Chucky. Sorry. We had a movie theater in our town. We pro- I probably would have done that too, but we had to yeah. drive twenty minutes to thirty minutes to get to a theater, mm. and so it was with the family too because you know the nineties. I'm trying to think. I was about gotcha eleven. 12, 11, I was going to say, 10? you're a year younger than me, I think. Um, if you were a 2005 graduate, I'm an 04 graduate. So Yeah. yeah. So I, I saw this movie twice in the theater. I did. Really? I, I saw it at least twice, I think. Did you yeah. like it the first time you watched it, that you wanted to watch it again, or were you just it was, I, something to do? I, I think it was another case of going opening night, and then just some friends wanted to go ahead and see it, and I was game. Um taking people and i didn't i don't think i i realized how awful it was with certain things at the time i still think this is a largely entertaining movie for all its faults for all its faults it's goofy as hell like if you want a slasher that you can like enjoy some of the kills stalkings and like the stupidity of it at the same time this is perfect like this is the most ridiculous one of the most ridiculous slashers of all time it took a while to get to the killing though not that yeah. I should be complaining. I feel like because nothing happened until they got on the island, right? Oh, uh, a lot of like. Her oh, that's probably why they have the fake out open with the 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 confessional, just to have oh, some yeah. kind yeah. of scare in there. Um, and there's a little stalking at the dance club, and then it really uh, when you get to Ray and John Hawk's death, that where how long was he waiting out there? Like, I'm gonna come sometime. Gonna Wait, do you think that Will's mannequin. dad was at the dance club? Do you think he really was there? Like, hey, can you show up and like? Scare her wearing a slicker, like they're no gonna idea. let him in, or is that her imagining things? Maybe I think it was. Perhaps. I think it was her PTSD. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they did do a good job of. I'll try to give some credit, or I don't know if it was intentional or not, but at least in my mind, I feel like they were establishing her PTSD through her dream sequences, through her flashbacks, which kind of justified the ending of the first movie with the opening of the new one Mm -hmm. where she's kind of having these elaborate scares and 
To be fair, I remember once in high school, I don't remember what happened or what I was thinking about or if it was a reaction to a mm-hmm. traumatic event, it probably was. But I do remember one time kind of falling asleep in my English class and then like screaming really loudly and then looking around <laughs> being like, oh, I'm in class right now. Oh, so that happened to me once in high school. Oh, so, wow. like when that actually happened to her in college, it wasn't as intense as her scream, but it was a very startled like uh, like it, there was audible noise that was like triggered coming out of me and like a raising the head and like just shaking like Nancy and, and Elm Street too. Like, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So so I I like the opening and I feel like. I feel like, again, it could have been good. It just decided to take so many different directions that I feel like what this movie was is you saw like a crime board at like a detective's office and they had all the pieces mapped out. And then like somebody came in and like sneezed and blew the board (laughs) down was like, shit, I got to fix this before anybody comes back. And they like posted it back up on the board it was like it was always like this they're like okay this is what we're doing like i feel like that's kind of what happened with this okay. movie yeah <laughs> that, that yeah oh that's that's perfect um this the, the, there was also that teaser do you remember the teaser trailer greg they uh, it was it was her with the psychiatrist and yeah. like it led to a jump scare it was pretty dynamite like it was her recalling the year before and stuff and it wasn't in the movie at all. And I think for a short time, one of the teasers was the alternate ending I talked about in the previous movie with her at the computer. Oh. Um, and they used that too. And then I guess maybe they had their share of scenes. Where are we going to open with the, the psychiatrist one, the confessional? or And because Muse Watson's in the confessional, they probably use that one. Which I think they turned that into a teaser trailer as well leading up to it. But So, I mean, but that's the thing. is like, I, I again, her behavior is justified in the second one for the trauma that she experienced from the summer before. So Mm -hmm. the lack of awareness of everyone around her is what is most shocking about this entire movie that like, where's her mom during all this too. Right. Like it just, I want to know like, what's her support system? Like what does Julie James really have other than an angsty boyfriend? Because Ray is still quite angsty from the first one. He's more angsty than Julie is in the first one. So, like, what is her life right now? And she's a charming, like, delightful, like, woman. I'm sure she could easily make friends. But again, she's guarded, I'm sure, like, as Jessica was saying. And, like, it would make sense for her to be guarded. But you would think people would naturally, like, gravitate towards or just want to, like, protect her or hug her or just, like, bring her a cup of coffee. Like, I would. I'd be like, are you okay today, dear? Like, like if I saw a girl screaming in class, I would, my reaction would be, like, she's crazy. I'd be like, Let's be friends. Are you okay? Let's talk. Like, right. I don't, Isn't she the girl I, that right. almost got murdered? Because you know people would talk. Right. Oh. I would, would know about her. Be her friend. I would, like, that would be my first thing I would do. It'd be like, who's at this school? I'm going to be her friend by tomorrow. And it would happen. And I would genuinely, <laughs> I remember in college when I saw a girl crying on a bench and I literally went up to her my freshman year and like orientation week. I was like, hi, do you mind if I sit here? I just noticed you crying. 
what's going on? Like I just Aww. genuinely, and her name was Mackenzie and she was lovely. And we were friends that year. Um, we're not like in touch now, but it just like, that's what you do. I mean, okay. I shouldn't say that's what you do. That's what I do at least. So I'm projecting myself on every character and judging them harshly apparently. But, <laughs> but I love that you do that because if I saw someone crying, I'm like, I don't know it's you because I would sit there and be like, Ugh, and I would end up saying the most awkward things that would make them more uncomfortable. And I'm like, what's this freak doing? I'm just trying to express my emotions and be by myself. And she's just like, Hey, I would I would be weird. So mm-hmm. I could never do that, which is probably why I would not want to go on a freaking trip to the Bahamas <laughs> when I'm going through stuff. If I'm seeing him wherever I go, do you think I want to leave my safe place? Nope. Ugh, mm-hmm. I would want to be with my mommy. <laughs> there you go. Well, I mean, Julie's mom's too busy accusing her of being on drugs. So oh, yeah. right. <laughs> like, mom, you're dead to me. She never comes home. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, is that all we got for I still know? I will say that we're going to always know. Okay, go ahead. Like I fight for his like his character is like most relatable. And just with his dying, I'd be like, I feel like that's how I would end up dying. Being like, look, guys, I'm tired. I'm hungry. (laughs) I'm horny. And then like the killer goes, that's my cue. And then night like it's a perfect. Yeah, it's a perfect. Yeah. I don't know how many times a month I or a week I say. I'm just tired, hungry, and horny. Like, literally, I say that <laughs> verbatim every time. I was like, I feel you, guy. I might as well be dying right now because, like, that's how he went out. And I feel like it would be pretty likely that, that um, I, if I was in the middle of, a, like, being attacked, I would say that. And that would be my end, like, sen- sentence. So, um, for that reason, I approve of his character and um, his death. All right. So, the ending, though, do you think that Mr. Fisherman oh, yeah. is actually dead because, you know, yes. she just wants him to die. And yeah. she shoots well, him a bunch of times. It's just a callback to how the other, I guess these are supposed to end this way. But like, he's still out there. Um, if we could do a third one. You can't escape him. Well, and If we do yeah. enough at the box office, we can do a third one. Leave it open. Well, uh, I don't know. I mean, like, it, that starts moving into Michael Myers' territory of, like, can you kill this guy? Like, mm-hmm. they didn't set up will or they didn't set up um uh ben to be like he was too real like michael myers at least had some weird like you never really knew what like the figure you never really knew much about him i mean now you they try to give a deep backstory to him or rob zombie did whatever but i feel like with the fisherman he was always established as like a real dude mm-hmm. um that i just i i feel like if they even tried which they introduced voodoo in here as they discussed in the third oh my gosh is that the tie-in we didn't know about is voodoo what is the third one possible oh wow oh is that why they're like we can go supernatural spoiler i don't know um um yeah so we can move on now at the end yeah so we move on to i'll always know what you did last summer so you've all heard the story, right? About what happens on July 4th? Whoa, Amber, you want to freak everyone out? What are you guys talking about? The fisherman. Every 4th of July, he sharpens up his hook and runs wild. <laughs> they were the best of friends until something went horribly wrong. Secret dies with us. Say it. Secret dies with us. Secret dies with us. Secret dies with us.
imagine what would happen next. Did you tell anyone? I kept our promise. Which one of you opened your mouth? Now, someone knows their secret. Ready? by Sylvain White, uh, written by Michael D. Weiss, based on characters by Lois Duncan, starring Brooke Nevin, David Patkow, Tori DeVito, Ben Easter, Seth Packard, Michael Flynn, and Don Shanks as Ben Willis, the fisherman, who once he played Michael Myers in Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Not everybody's favorite. Uh, a group of teenagers in Colorado find themselves being stalked and killed by one... One by one, by a mysterious figure with a hook, exactly one year after they covered up a friend's accidental death. I first saw, I bought this on DVD the day it came out, and until this podcast, I had never revisited this movie. Oh, wow. So since 2006. Yeah. Do you remember your feelings about the movie when you I first did, watched yeah. it? I did, I, I, yeah. I remembered, and I it was surprised at how much I retained from this movie. Um, watching it, um, it's almost, it's almost like a Force Awakens like sequel, where it's like not a like there's no legacy characters or anything like that, but there's an odd retread here with the characters, like some of the old characters. There's dialogue that's the same. There's scenes and settings that call back and echo and rhyme with the first movie, but they're not exactly the same. It's like really bizarre, and it's also a murder mystery that winds up being just Ben Willis again. So when you're certain it's going to be one of these kids, it's so just upset. the fisherman. It's just so him again. Upset. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So it's almost like they're trying try. to do the first movie again and like rip. Like, it's so weird. No, I was hoping it was going to be PJ. I was thinking it should have been PJ. I'm like, PJ should be the killer. He should be like, you guys didn't tell the truth when it came to my. And like him and his dad are working together yeah. to try to teach these kids a lesson, something else, anything else. Nope, we get Ben Besides, Willis in his zombie Jason phase. They just, oh uh, what is it, Bloody Mary in the mirror three times and then he appeared? Yeah. Or like, because why would he go all the way to freaking Colorado? I don't That's know what he's what like. I, I hear kids are covering up deaths in Colorado. Like, just so I'm the fisherman. Does he just appear when this stuff happens? Like, <laughs> there's so many random things about that. Of why somebody. Gave me a bad name dressing up as a fisherman in Colorado. I'm heading out there. <laughs> like, they could have done the same damn town. Enough time has passed. The legend in the town. Yep. Kids could think it's funny 10 years, well, almost 10 years later, essentially. Because right. if the first one came out in 97, then the actual thing would have happened in 96. So, yeah, it would have been the 10-year anniversary of the first random hit and run of this yeah. like accident why not just set it in the damn same town and then kids are talking about like oh that's an urban legend no it happened in our town people just don't talk about 
about it anymore yeah. because it would make sense that a small town would try to like cover that up because the second one happened in the freaking Bahamas. So yeah. like you would think small town <laughs> covers up the murder. It happens in the thing. He's done. He's dead. Julie's moved on. All the things. Now, 10 years later, Julie's probably gone. Ray's moved on with his life. And a new group of kids is dumb enough to let go the legend of the fisherman. At least then, if the spirit was freaking there, I would have accepted it more than Colorado. Uh, it's just so weird. Know. Like, all I'm of a sudden, so annoyed. they got been. into true crime before anyone else got into true crime, apparently. When they were in elementary school, they were like, hey, do you hear about this fisherman? Yeah. <laughs> on the coast somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes no sense. Why would they get obsessed with it? But I did love all their outfits. I had so many flashbacks because of everything they're wearing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, low rise jeans. I miss you. And all I... the hair. Oh. Well, this was I, uh, I... the film was announced in 2000 and hoping to have Jennifer Love Hewitt, Freddie Prinze, Muse Watson and Brandy back. But it like hit development hell and wound up straight to video cash in well wait were they given were brandy and jennifer love hewitt given that script no it was a different <laughs> script it was a different oh, script I was why like... are we in colorado now <laughs> <laughs> why are we covering um, up murders again <laughs> what i what I, I made a note because i did make a note about the clothes being like i wore everything in that like i said his flask bell and the wardrobe it looks exactly like my college pictures like i could literally go through my college photo albums right now and being like i wore that and i wore that um but also, for some reason, I looked at the cast. I was like, why does this cast look like season two of American Idol or like season one of American Idol? Mm-hmm. It is, they just kind of all were like styled in the same way that show. But like American Idol came out before it. So it looked like a right. dated American Idol, like reject cast. Yeah. I don't know what was happening. And then Zoe being like the musician of the bunch who is giving that, me Ryan Star vibes. Of do you know who is cast as her? No. Jessica Strout was cast as that character and then Hurricane Katrina happened and she had to cancel because she was stuck in New Orleans. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so um, we could have had somebody we well, recognized been... aside from the Final Destination 2 guy. Um, the the blonde dude was the guy <laughs> in Final Destination 2 that got killed in his, that won the lottery and got killed in his apartment and then the, oh. the gate. Yeah, that's the only person I know from anything else aside from, aside from um Don Shanks, who plays the killer. Um, I will I mean, say... I recognize Ben Easter, who played Lance, who had arguably mm-hmm. the best character in there, and not just because I know him. Um, Lance was by far the best character in there. Um, yeah, we'll get to that. So this one... I Well, you're talking about the cast. Of, this made me appreciate I Still Know What You Did Last Summer a lot more because they went on from a, well, a full-on well-budgeted studio production with like top top performers and actual to an almost, music to an almost like <laughs> z-grade local stuff like the dialogue in this film and this is gonna be like i don't know if this is a credit to this film or not but it's no better or worse than any of the films we've watched for this and maybe there's a dip on it from like the first one because it's not kevin williamson but it's actually like convincingly and better performed in the previous two movies than here and it really just made me appreciate what they the the resources they had for the first two movie compared to this cuz i'm like they're saying things that like wow oh, we heard that in that movie but in this one it sounds like shit or something right. like you know it's just more obvious i was just like i think 
we could make this movie because I was watching yeah. it with Donnie and he's just like, what is, I'm like, I know, right? Because uh, the fair, that looks like the Rush County Fair to me. Right. Everything, that's what we would do, walk around the fair. Although we never looked that fabulous walking around in a group and the carnies didn't look that good. Yeah. Well, um, they, I mean, they- Which I guess he would just work in the booth. That's fine. I, yeah, I really didn't care for the look of this movie. Like, I don't like the washed out look, the editing, the lenses they use. And every time- they accidentally stumble on some kind of interesting good angle or shot. They don't hang on it like it's cut like right away. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, that's a oh, it's gone. Uh, I don't. I'm more forgiving because I did note that like it felt like they at least tried to do something. Like they were trying to give like artsy camera angles. They were giving like weird POV. It did. I'm not saying it worked. I'm just saying it looked like they're like, all right, we were given. Nothing. whatever the script is <laughs> and we're gonna just we're gonna like try to spice it up with you know a cool camera angle mm-hmm. or like what was that shot when they were when the two girls go into the the warehouse thing and what's his face the the quirky guy of the group comes like barreling out on the was it like a scissor lift i don't even know um, like he just comes barreling out and it's like a POV, like shaky perspective right, yeah. of the two girls, like from above. I'm like, they tried something there. They right. could have just been like, we'll set up the camera and it'll happen. They're like, why don't we do that? Like, I don't know. Yep. I'll give them some credit for like effort in this yeah. movie for attempting to be artful. Fair enough. Uh, funny you mentioned that it's a scene with the guy in the scissor lift thing. It's a full on retread of like characters, dialogue, like I mentioned. This one's the Ryan Phillippe scene. From the first one. Yeah. And I felt it was interesting. They put him high up, just like Ryan Phillippe was up on that deck. I'm like, that's weird that they decided to like mock it by having them speak up to him and him talk down on them like, oh, you guys, I know you did last summer. And then it's that whole scene again. Mm-hmm. But And they like chose to like make him raised up. I'm like, is that what they thought was important about that scene when they were like redoing it here? Or it, it was just. I think they're like, hey, remember when this happened in the movie? Yeah, like yeah. he was on a deck. It's here like they just want to go wink, pop up video stuff. Yeah, it was it was weird. Um, Which I got confused with the entire prank in the beginning. I'm like, who knew about the prank and who didn't? Um, yeah, I was very. Was confused the skateboard dude involved yeah. in the prank or not? That's why I, I thought didn't he think. was. But then someone moved the mattresses. Yeah, like I guess was it Ben Willis? Like I'll teach you kids to prank. He knew they were going to bring him up because apparently this blonde guy always, uh, Colby, always tells the story the best. He's constantly just running his mouth about this urban legend, the fisherman. Yeah, he was on He's Slick. And, he was trying to order a new outfit on slickandhook.com and saw they were sold out and the last order went to Colorado <laughs> and he's like, "What's going on here?" You know the altitude's different. So Ben Willis should have been winded much sooner. Yeah, that also. is true. Yeah. It, well, that's why he, but but you know, he was superhuman except for the hook, the magic hook that um is the 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 crook like yeah, I don't know. It, it, it the whole thing was bizarre, but um, I did like the text messaging. I like yeah. how she got the note in the text messaging. Um, that was fun. Like a fun way to incorporate phones, which they really didn't utilize phones as much as they could have in it. But um, and then I still struggle with the when Cole was it Colby at the pool and then like she walks away and he looks onto the on the the cement by the pool and it has the 
impeccably written letters like i know what you did last summer oh yeah like, and then it dries up water and it dries up instantly i'm like first of all you can't run away quick enough before that starts <laughs> dry. Right. Like what magic trick did you pull off there? I mean, that that is akin to the like cleaning out the trunk in the first movie of who can write. But now that we know it's supernatural ghosts, this ghost has brilliant penmanship to be able to draw. I know what you did last summer. So impeccably on this cement with water. I draw all the time with my finger in water. Just because I can when I'm at a pool and I've never had letters come out that quick, like come out that clean and crisp. No, it's kind of amazing. It was totally CG too. With wash rag, like a wash rag out there in a bucket and had to keep putting the lines out. Perfect. That's what I just imagined. Like I saw this guy like try and like stencil out this whole sentence and then piece out. And of course he's dressed like a fisherman. Right. So that would stand out. Well, Oh, maybe actually, maybe he did just have one giant stencil with all the letters like, um, cut out and then he just dumped water on it lifted it up the paper and ran yeah he's like okay i can yeah. use this in the snow later if i have to pee i'll just like stencil it out that way because I mean, it's colorado plan. yeah if you oh. can cock a plan like number two then i think you can make a stencil for number three <laughs> right he's been he had 10 years i mean yeah that is good king goes like perfect his legend um, <laughs> i'm gonna stencil on a pool I was hoping it would say, uh, um, did it say I'll always know or did it just say I know what you did last like, know. No. There's no okay. always to this except for the title card. Right. That's- yeah. Um, oh, why is it? And this I've noticed not just in this movie, but I feel like every movie now when people fall to their death, why do they always die with their leg cocked upward? <laughs> like they really, for some reason, it bothered me more with Zoe well, she didn't even like fall. She, well, no, she did fall. Um, like she just the way she landed was like her arm there and her leg, like her like one leg was just cocked like up. And I want to say I see that in so many movies as like that's the way pe- people die and falls mm-hmm. in movies. Their leg just kind of bends to the side, but not unnaturally because a human has to be able to do it because there's no budget to CGI a broken leg like that. But it's just like, why do they choose? Like, do they think that it's too weird or like to have the body die flat? Like, I don't know. Zoe's positioning of her death just looked too. Did she look sexier though? How she was laid out mm. where it's like, Oh yeah. That's my point. It's like, like no. I don't think, when I'm falling, like, oh, I have to make sure I land sexy just so that my corpse, like, and the and right. the and the police photos look good. I, I uh, it's like a UFC fighter when they actually get conked. It's know. like she they just died. go noodle leg, and it's weird. <laughs> yeah, she died too gracefully, and that that bothered me. And then, oh, and then um, when they discover their there's so many things about this movie that are so <laughs> awkward. When they discover the bot, when they when they walk in and discover their friend dead, the one that they like thought committed suicide, even though it really didn't look like a suicide despite right. having a suicide note. And then Zoe like sees him and she's like, she's like kind of goes, oh no. And then they start like looking around the house. They like look around the place rather than like have a bigger reaction or like wonder what happened. Like the one girl has been attacked already. Like somebody's already died. They know things are going on. Your first thought is look at a note and being like, oh, I guess he killed himself. Not like, was he killed? Like, 
but it took him a while to find the note and uh, just just none of the reaction like i don't know what the director was thinking from a director standpoint watching this movie i'm like i could have worked with this script a lot tighter than what they did this guy this guy works um still a lot and this isn't the first time i've talked about him on the show sylvain white he did he directed the losers which i did an episode of um last year uh the the one with chris evans and jeffrey dean morgan he directed that he does a lot of television uh before this he had only done uh the casey and jojo music video for crazy and twa three the escort a straight video softcore porn movie (laughs) um Um, well that tracks then like good for him for mm -hmm. learning his way but i just feel like there is missed opportunities here like if i was given the script and how to direct it i've been like all right well let's give you like i would have to i would come up with a lot of subtext i would give these people so much unwritten stuff to work with and just create an entire like vibe and energy beyond the script to make this movie work and i think it could have i'm just mm-hmm. i'm just sad about it and i also struggle with why would that girl want colby when you had lance there the whole time Lance is significantly more attractive. He is by far the most attractive man in that movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's just like, great. You get together with him while you're being attacked, watching Zoe perform. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. But like, Colby's not even out of the picture yet. He's an asshole. I just, I just, characters are likable. And that is the problem with this franchise as a whole. These characters, Characters aren't written very likable in general. That that's where Scream succeeds, where this one right. doesn't. Um, like you love Nev Campbell, you love even Courtney. Well, you'd love Courtney Cox, mm-hmm. despite the fact that Gail is an abrasive personality. But you still, Courtney Cox pulls off Gail's, like makes Gail lovable despite right. the abrasive attitude. In this movie, Jennifer Love Hewitt does her darndest to give Julie, like Julie James, some oomph and like lovability but right. you're just like hard to root for you again they kill off helen who's the only one i can sympathize with in this whole thing and ryan Phillippe because i'm shallow and he's hot like otherwise <laughs> like ryan like our freddie prince jr i'm just like you're charming but like it's just sad like you're just so <laughs> sad. oh my gosh yeah. so i forgot all about this in the first one and i never realized this every time i watched it but it was this rewatch where she's seen Barry getting killed in the balcony and yeah. all these people just stop her in the crowd and won't let her go. Like if someone puts their hands on you, like where do you think you're going? Missy, you're acting weird. Like you let me go. Why all of a sudden was there a mob holding Helen back when she's screaming, Barry, there's someone up there. They just all like grab onto her like, Oh, and then they like, go look at like you idiot. Yeah. Man, you're out of control. Like, how would you let me go? Maybe I just started my period. What, do you understand that? You stupid cop guy who's yeah. like little missy. Mm-mm, you're acting a little cuckoo. Yeah. Like, oh. it drove me crazy. I'm like, how did I not ever notice that? Like, why do they grab right. her? I just accepted that the people were like, we must stop her because she left the stage. <laughs> why? <laughs> she like that's the thing. It's not like she was trying to charge the stage, which would make more sense if she was in the audience trying to run up there. But running off the stage, who stops somebody from running off the stage? Right. She yelled and she tried to leave. They're like, "Oh, who's getting killed? We're going to stop you." Instead of, "Hey, maybe we should look." Young lady, this is not look. how a woman acts. Young lady, <laughs> it was so. It made me. It made me mad. I think I just kept. I don't know how many times I said it because it just kept 
it happened for too long. Like all these strangers, not just cops, were trying to hold on to her. Like if someone else's dad touches me when I'm 19 years old, I'm like you will take your hands off of me. That is yeah. so weird. You're right. I right. you know I didn't even think about that, but you're absolutely right. Which, to be fair, speaking of cops, I really was hoping that the that the pervert creeper cop was oh. the killer. Third one. Yeah. Yeah. But he was sense. hitting on well, Blondie the whole time. There's also that weird cop party they re- they interrupt. Yes. Remember, it was like, he comes out <laughs> yes. with the beer. He's like, hey, guys, he's still in uniform. Like, hey, guys, oh, what's going on? Like, are, are cops not allowed to have fun? Like, is that what the weird, like, it was just a weird, like, I think it was meant to be harmless, but it was really weird the way they presented it. He, he could have also just been like, hey, not a good time. I have like, we're having like a like a staff party or whatever you want to call it here. Um, but the other thing that I thought was really bizarre is when the cop found the people or no, at the, towards the end of this movie and the two, it's like Lance and the blonde girl, like they're running out and the cops there right before he's killed. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why are you covered in blood? And you go, you don't understand. Like the first thing, like, th- like, what did they say? I wrote it down. Oh, there's something you need to know is what she says. Oh, yeah. They're running out of there, stumbling, covered in blood. The cop has a gun on them and they go very calmly. Again, director choice. What were you thinking? Like if the director of this movie ever hears this podcast, please call me because <laughs> like, I have a lot of questions for We've you. We've talked about two of your films now on this show. You should. I don't know how many like, other you're I want to be a director and I would be a very good director. I've directed some and this just bothers me right now that like I could do I mean I can't say a better job but I mean I could do a job on this movie that he was would... a last minute replacement. They fired the other director and he had 2 weeks to scout and get this thing going. So Okay, I give him credit. I, I mean yeah. but I just the, I, again, it's not really a director choice. It's more of well no it is because the script gave you a terrible option of mm-hmm. there's something you need to know is her line when the cop has a gun pointed at them as they're walking for him that is not what somebody should naturally organically say there's something you need to know it should be like we're under attack right, right. Yell something. Just more urgent. there was no urgency in that scene until they saw ben willis behind the cop and kill him and it, it just drove me crazy like there's something you need to know that is such a wordy sentence to say when you've just been attacked and there's a man with a gun at you is this also the same movie that also like there's a scene where it's like i have something to tell you but i apparently can't tell you on the phone right now you got to meet me here and then no one says anything (laughs) yeah this one yeah it has a scene like that like just like come on just just say what you need to say and a lot of these movies and I, I almost wanted to do a podcast at one point in time where being like, and it would be like a short little podcast where we just take movies and you can like solve a movie with one sentence. And we just pick every movie that basically the entire like plot would disintegrate if like one thing was set. And right. there's so many movies you could do that with. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, wouldn't that be kind of interesting? Sex like, in I the really the movie? to do it. Yep. Yeah. Like, um, we'd just be like, and credits. Like, you just need one sentence and I love credits. It. Or... Or where it's like you watch those movies where they overhear something and then they run away without hearing like literally the next 10 sentence that would have solved everything. Being like, <laughs> if they stayed. If they stayed and credits. Like, right. So, like, I, I don't like movies that, like, don't for, like, just, just give them a re, like, give some form of 
conflict don't just make them stupid and i felt like this movie the characters were just stupid in everything that they did and it was really sad except for lance i will defend lance in this movie he wasn't stupid he did his own thing and he's like you guys are stupid like he even like hated the other people he's like i don't like you guys but and he knew, like, he knew about it. it. I thought he was the killer even. I was like, oh, maybe he was the killer because maybe he Well, so did they. Yeah. Uh, well, well like, he no. was also, but like he he was the um, the Johnny Galecki Max character in this one, but... He could have been Will Benson. Left alive or left around longer and yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, he was, well, he was the final guy. He like yeah. ended up being the final guy with yeah. like, because he got the, he got the girl in the end, which... I mean, why didn't everybody just want him from the start? Like I would have. I mean, like, mm, hey Ben, and I mean, he's gay in real life, so like, I still like, hey Ben, like, um, oh, his real name is Ben. That's funny. Um, so like, Lance is. I just at least Lance had common sense, but it just I don't even know. And like, and um, Zoe was giving me like Lindsay Lohan vibes and Freaky Friday with her band stuff. I was like, all right, yeah. girl, like a few years late to the game, but um. I was impressed. I'm like, you're 19 years old and you have your own. Do you live in this barn? Do you not have parents or is this your studio barn? And you already have a pretty sweet setup for 19. Like that's kind of expensive, but I know she's talented. Hottest little band in Colorado. Well, Colorado is expensive though too, right? Yeah. Yeah, This is before the Colorado boom of being the cool place to live. Instead of Breckenridge, they called it Broken Ridge. Oh, Unless it actually is Broken Ridge. I don't know. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, this. If you have questions for the writer, um, he also. So get this. He his writing credits. His most recent thing is Eraser Reborn, but he's also done Jarhead Three, Scorpion King Four, Hostel Part Three, Butterfly Effect Part Two. So if you're if you're catching on, if there's a formerly theatrical uh, re- release franchise and you're doing straight to video, I guess you go to him. So he's like the CEO you hire when you want your company to go out of business. So yeah. Sears, they t- uh, what Sears closes, they take that CEO and they bring him over to like H.H. Mm-hmm. H. Greg or whatever. Let's, now let's uh, make this uh, business go bankrupt. Yeah. I'll help you out. I was having it inside, but it's like the guy that you bring in to a. Yeah, just to liquidate or, and get or everything. Or he'll just say, yeah. hey, I'll do it. He's the only one. We know he'll do it. Right. Uh, I, I, I will say I was happy. I went through these people and look up what they've been up to and everybody's still regularly working. This didn't like sink anybody. That was a hopeful. Um, so there's, well, Lance is a photographer now Mm -hmm. and lives in like Iowa or something, but he's a photographer now. Um, I will say of the list of movies though, that you just read off about things, I will defend Hostel Three. I like it. No, I liked I it. Like I liked that one. I liked Hostel Two and Three. I actually like the second, and third one. I anyway, yeah. And I, I like this. Well, the second one had great production value. The third one was obviously lower budget, but I thought it was interesting. And honestly, Hostel Three is really Hostel Three is why Squid Game wasn't as impactful for me. To gotcha. be honest, oh. okay. Um, yeah. Because there's there's because Hostel Three came out before well significantly before squid game but like i kind of knew what was happening in squid game way before all because of hostile three thanks to hostile three 
Yeah. So I give credit to Austin and I love Vegas. Like, I don't know why I love Vegas. There's nothing about it I should like, but I love Vegas. So anything set in Vegas, I'll be like, I'm open. So to you it. love Leprechaun 3 because it's my Leprechaun favorite. Leprechaun 3 is the best Leprechaun. That is the it best is Leprechaun. Three. Favorite that's the best, one, one. The best the one. Golden Nugget or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're at, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's Absolutely. the best one. Yeah. I love that. I need to rewatch the Leprechaun movies because those movies, those movies terrified me as a child. FYI, I I could not go near a pogo stick for no. That was Trolls. Was Trolls the pogo stick or was Leprechaun? Leprechaun was the pogo stick. stick. Okay, I thought so. I was like, Trolls wouldn't have been it. Troll is Nilbog is Goblin spelled backward, and you don't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. And oh my god. That's true. I need to rewatch those now, but I I couldn't like the 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 pogo stick death in um in um Leprechaun traumatized me for years. So okay. those movies were impactful for me. So okay. all right, fair enough. Uh, but that yeah, that kind of wraps our uh, last summer thing. Um, I yeah, it's, I, it's except a, for the series. Are you guys gonna for the give series? Me a tease on so that? I don't okay. honestly remember enough about it. You can talk more about it. I put it on and I'm like. It's, I'm getting it mixed up with Pretty Little Liars, the reboot now. So it they 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 put out a series uh, for I know what you did last summer. Uh, they were gonna remake, they do a remake uh, around like 2014, but it wound up being a series. It's got Madison Eisman from the Jumanji movies. She's the blonde girl that becomes Jack Black when they go into the game, and it's I mean it's very Gen Z focused. Um, but it's a like, there's no fisherman for one, and that I don't think there was. Yeah, there was no fisherman like type thing, and it's a really horny show, like really horny. Um, it's super convoluted, uh, where it doesn't it didn't need to be. Like, there's all these like oh. they try to give everyone like eight separate mysteries on their own oh, to make them feel. And I do like. The one thing I did like about it was the madness of how it wrapped up um, in the fin- like the final like epilogue scene was very much in the vein of like Hannibal the novel, um, uh, where you're like, what the f- okay bizarre, but it I get I get it, but it is I didn't care for it to be honest with you, um, and I'll say. While I didn't like, I'll always know what you lived last summer. It's only like eighty four minutes. This is a eight part show that's like an hour long. Each. And no ties or nods to the original. No, it's movies a it's a all. fresh start. There are some there are some little like dialogue things here and there. Like you but, see a crown and you're like, oh, it's Helen's crown. Right, there. right. No, it. Yeah, it's. I didn't. I don't know. Um. I'll say that the the reboot of Pretty Little Liars that HBO just did, mm-hmm. I actually enjoyed it. Okay, um, that almost could have been a better. I know what you did last summer, but more of like I know what you did like twenty years ago. Okay, Ooh. okay, all right. Right, that 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 to me, I mean, yeah, that to me would would have worked more as like a thing because the pretty little liars reboot went like full slasher dark and the i know what you did last summer series was not a slasher no no it's not drama drama teen filled like slow convoluted burn that was a simmer that never really caught fire and it's obsessed with twists that don't need to happen like just for the sake of a twist 
Um, I will say though, if they could convince Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prince to come back and go against the Fisherman, I I don't know how old Mies Watson is, like so he can come back if he's in good shape for it. But um, I would be there in a heartbeat to watch a third Julie James gets hunted by a fisherman. Well, I, okay, so that does lead me to a question is because I have a lot of thoughts on the third one. The third one didn't even need to do much to make it better than what it was, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't have gone, I would never have gone supernatural with it yet, at least. No. Um, but what would you have liked to have seen in the third one if you got the original third one that ended up going through production hell? If you had the original cast, what would you have wanted to see? Killing Brandy in the opening. Okay. Um, well, if the first one was a fisherman town and the second one was an island in the Bahamas, we'd have to, I guess we're looking at beaches is a theme, right? I was about to say, I was like, you would have done Colorado. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Go to the mountains. No, I was thinking like, I guess beaches is their theme, right? So what kind of, would it be a beach? No. So would they go to California? So they're a West Coast, like, we're going to start our lives in the sun and sand and what year would it take place in the third one would it still be 2006 well we'd have to do it now well if we we got the hypothetical 2001 like right after um where would she go i think if you make it now julie's like huge into outlander maybe she's into the outlander books and so she's all about scotland gotcha um and so they go to Scotland and they're over there like on one of the Loch Ness, whatever, hearing about the uh, Loch Ness monster and visiting the coast. And then they think they see a fisherman. Mm. And then you see Sarah Michelle Geller's. She's in it because it's Helen's cousin that happens to be Scottish. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, what if, what and then if, Ryan Phillippe is there because, you know, he's older and how he would can you, look a little bit more, you know, how would you legacy favorite? sequel this? Would you legacy sequel it that like Julie and and Ray have kid kids are in high yep. school the, and then they for some reason move back to their stupid fishing town and the kid one of the kid their child's friend finds out the truth about what happened that summer that they they did all that and they because they've never told anybody what really happened. Well, she told Brandy and then Brandy's yeah. like, how dare you not tell me versus, oh, I'm still sorry for your trauma yeah. and what you went through. <laughs> like, she's just always angry thinking about herself. Yeah. But she's gone beginning of the third one. So, And their friend, Ben Grandson. Is- <laughs> oh my God, please do that. <gasps> their kids are friends with the Ben Grandson because, you know, He's still got more Will children out there. Child that he didn't know about because he knocked up somebody uh, before before hitting on Julie. Will Benson uh, knocked up a woman, and uh, yep. then she went on a tear. Or or maybe Will knocked up some woman, and then that woman thinks that Julie, because we know we don't have enough female killers. Urban Legend just gave us Rebecca Gay Hart, which right. Is, is great but like we need we need more female killers so what if the mother of will's illegitimate child um thought found out that julie was actually responsible for the baby daddy's death and then set out this like massive plot revenge there we uh, go uh, yeah like, because in the first movie what that's what was happening during the first movie ago. It yeah. was a high school yeah. love, right? And Will yeah. was wherever he was. We didn't hear about oh, it. Oh, yeah, Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Sarah passed away. His sister. 
and Ben's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And they left the uh, island for some reason. Maybe or maybe he left the island because, well, my son got someone pregnant. He was only like a 14 year old teenager. So, you know, we just I don't know. They had the baby put it up for adoption. They're like Ben, the, yeah. the the kid, the people who died in the first one, the one the guy that Ben killed and his daughter had a baby. They took it to another country, had it adopted. That baby's back as an adult. And there's and voodoo. Julie, Julie there's ruined voodoo. it all. I don't know. Yeah, well, the, we just established that the voodoo from the island um, is what <laughs> created the fisherman ghost legend, a supernatural fisherman. Um, that apparently can hear the call. Um, the new Bloody Mary is the fisherman. Um, you just get a hook and you say the fisherman and he appears. Oh, that's gosh. how she tracks them because she's doing all that fancy magic. But like, wait, what was the story behind the hook again in the third one? Why did they have that particular hook? Oh, the kid bought it off eBay. It said it yeah, was the original right. hook. Yeah, that's what I thought. See, that is that is believable. Okay, you know that's believable because like Jeffrey Dahmer's glasses went like for went for sale, but in an auction. Mm-hmm. That's probably where they got the money. idea. They probably were reading about stuff, and maybe, or when did those glasses yeah. go on? Uh, I don't know when, but I mean, but killer paraphernalia has always been huge. Um, that is a big thing for people. Like people bought Ted Bundy stuff. People bought Gacy mm-hmm. stuff. People bought like people bought the artwork of like these killers that they did in prison. I mean, it was a big thing to sell. I don't know if you could get it off of eBay though. Yeah. Well, I don't think that a high schooler could have afforded it. If, if it was the actual <laughs> yeah, weapon, right? Like, yeah. Or was like, it an actual? Well, that's what people think. I know you did last weapon. summer. Two bucks. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I oh, wait, mean, did they did they ever tell the cops? No, they didn't tell the cops that they. No, they tried and they didn't. Yeah. Okay. No, the only one who knew about it was Lance. Like, he's the only one that knew about it, I think, right? Yeah. And Lance Mm -hmm. didn't tell anybody, right? No. No. But the one cop knew because he didn't say anything because he wanted to protect her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was like, wait, it sounds like everybody knows what you did last summer. Whole town. (laughs) Whole town. We all know what you did last summer. Your parents I would watch that movie. <laughs> of just a bunch of people just fucking with, like um, what's that movie? Um, oh my gosh, with the guy from Pretty Little Liars who plays a Russian. Um, oh now I'm forgetting it's like a horror movie, but or or the or the or the movie The Game. Um, the oh yeah, movie yeah. The Game, where like he thinks all this shit's happening, but it was actually giant like set up for like whatever, like mm-hmm. a party. Um, that would be really funny. It's like we all know what you did last summer, and it's all these people thinking like. Oh my God, we're under attack, and it's all this town being like, "We knew, we got you at the end." Like, <laughs> and now yes. you're going to jail. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're now going you're to jail. Back. We only waited, made you wait that long because we really didn't care about that guy you killed. <laughs> but you still need to be punished. Uh, or being like, "And that was your prison sentence. It's a new form of prison. You just suffer in reality for a year." <laughs> <laughs> okay well if you like any of these crazy ideas or you have your own let us know someone's gonna uh, make one of these movies and you have to remember remember every concept you guys came up with because you can then well we have a recording right? to reference or, now okay. we yeah we do have this all recorded so if anybody steals if it, you're still here um for the probably the longest episode i've ever had here on the brady peter show it's crazy but it's been amazing um, and I hope people have enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed I, I enjoyed 
two of these movies um, to different degrees. No, they're not screams. Um, some might argue they're not urban legends even or, you know, Valentine, but everybody's got their own opinions on all that. Uh, but before we head out, thank you, Jessica, Greg, for joining me. Uh, Greg, what are you up to lately? Where can people keep up with you? Uh, um, what am I up to lately? That's a good question. Just trying to survive. Um <laughs> And uh, they can find me on social media at the McGoonies, uh, the McGoonies, M-C-G-O-O-N-I-E-S. So, yeah, find me there. You can always ask me questions. My content is changing very much from my children's book stuff recently. So follow along on wherever I end up traveling with my dog, who's been sitting in my lap for most of this conversation. And we have enjoyed it. I loved it. it. Mm Oh, look at those ears. All right. Jessica, how about yourself? Um, over at the Bob and Tom show, but please you can uh, you know, follow me on the Instagram at Jessica Olsman or Twitter at J N Olsman. On Instagram, I just uh, usually post things of like feeding my squirrels that are out back or occasionally a raccoon or a groundhog, because that's what I'm into right now, is feeding all the critters. Awesome. Because awesome. I'm like Elvira oh, on time. We have squirrels <laughs> that take the apples from my neighbor's yard across the street and bring them to our yard and then drives oh, wow. my dog nuts. So, oh, yeah. um, okay. And both of you will be returning shortly on this show for those listeners for to help fill out October. So very excited for your return and for this episode here that I hope everybody listened to it. Enjoy. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at brand 4 khd written work at whysoblue.com. There is more for the Brandon Peter show this week, but until then, don't you see he's got us now. Okay. This is exactly what he wants. We can't go to the police. Not now. He's made sure of that. He's just out there and he's watching us and waiting. What are you waiting for? Huh? Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.